can they hear us if I talk right now? Yes, they can! Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of The MinMag Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. A very special live episode coming to you live on YouTube for this one. I'm Ben Hansen. We're very glad you found us. Thank you for watching this. I'm not alone, thankfully. We're joined by old talky McTalk, Leo Painter. Here I go again. He won't stop for the entire podcast, this guy. Also joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello, I'll talk the right amount. Thank you. That's all we ask for, for everybody on the podcast. Uh, also joined by Janet, star of the Game Awards, Garcia. Welcome. Hi. Good to be here. Janet um, is a trooper for a thousand reasons. Uh, first of all, her glasses look cool. Um, second of all, she woke up very early this morning so we could have this live podcast so she can give us her first-hand impressions of actually being at the Game Awards, what Jeff Keighley smelled like. We're going to get all those details in this episode, uh, but we should run down what else we're talking about because there's a lot to cover from the Game Awards. Happened last night, uh, a ton of announcements. We'll unpack the ones that we're most excited about. Uh, then we're going to talk about, whether you want to or not, Kyle, we're going to talk about uh, Crisis Core. Final Fantasy VII Reunion, the PSP games, getting the big remaster coming out on December 13th. So let's talk about that. Um, Janet, I don't think we've really talked about it in like a meeting or anything, but we should unpack Need for Speed Unbound together. I think that sounds yeah. fun. Okay, oh, great. 100%. Okay, great. Uh, and then Leo wants to check in on Pentiment, the game that we talked about. It's the game that, you know, we played like an hour and a half of and then be like, oh, it seems pretty cool, which is the worst type of game to have that just early impression and then check out forever. So, Leo, you've been playing more of that thing? Yeah. And I, in that conversation, I thought I probably wasn't going to play more. But here I Ooh, am. All right. We'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, and then back after the show, of course, we have wonderful questions submitted over there on Patreon from the community. Um, oh, also, uh, before I make the perfect transition, I should point out that everyone who might be saying, hey, Callisto Protocol. Why don't you talk about the Callisto Protocol? We're really excited about that. What do you think about it? Um, has anybody here played it, first of all? Yes. A little bit. Okay. First hour. Um, uh, uh, I guess we are talking a little bit about it. I mean, uh, how are you feeling in general? Uh, we can cover it more with the Game Awards and stuff, but is anybody red hot on it or disappointed on it? What's the high-level takeaway here? Uh, good it's opening. Good. <laughs> I mean, good first, like, 20, 30 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, then you're... Then it's like a prison horror game, kind of like The Suffering or something, right. which is like initially like not quite what I wanted. I was like, I wanted to feel like I'm on a, in space. I don't feel like I'm in space right now. Um, Some more but that being said, I, I actually want to keep going with it because even though the reviews have been like kind of mostly negative, you know, for being honest, sevens, like there are thing, a yeah. couple people who are spiking of like, I actually like this. And I think I have the potential to be one of those people. So I want to give it another shot before I call it a day on Callisto Protocol. Okay. Janet, are you, are you enjoying it or where are you at for Callisto? I played about two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen what I need to see. Um, okay. I feel like there are a lot of good ideas in it with the, you know, it's like lights was the first like two hours. You know, when you get your gun and they have the sort of stun combo of you do your melee and then you can like quickly do a quick aim and shoot and then you get like this kind of telekinesis ability um again in that those first two hours that stuff is cool on paper i don't think they implement it in a way that feels compelling um it's very clunky very stiff i know some people will say well it's stiff because it's survival horror but mm. you know this isn't like gamecube era resident evil where it's like oh there's tank control so that's why it's stiff um yeah. it just feels difficult to move like i understand wanting to create you know mechanical tension but um it just doesn't feel good to control. I also don't think it's very scary. That seems to be a big takeaway, yeah. 
Yeah, for what's a horror game, like a lot of the scares have been, um, you know, some jump scares, which, you know, admittedly are well timed and things like that takes effort. But I'm not getting, you know, I feel like it doesn't do anything remarkable um, and misses the mark on kind of everything it attempts to do to the point where, in my opinion, I feel like the only reason to play it besides Kyle's point of, hey, maybe I'm, you know, I'm warming up. Maybe it'll like kind of expand and become something that's the, the sum of its parts is compelling. It feels like a game where it's not awful, but I'd be playing it just to play it. Like it yeah. is a thing to do. And you might be like, I don't hate it. Let, let me let me keep going. Let's see what happens. Um, and again, I know some people are really hot on it, but yeah. Yeah. It says recognizable actors and looks expensive. I'll keep going with this. <laughs> right, right. Really, really, I want to be in space so bad, even though you don't feel like you're in space. And I totally get what you mean by that, where it doesn't evoke the like trope that it's within in a lot of ways. So it just kind of feels like, what, what am I looking at here? Right. Yeah. And we should mention, yeah, on PC, it's just a disaster. They're slowly going to be patching it. Xbox seems a little bit rough. I guess the PlayStation version is uh, the best out of any of them and whatnot. Oh, yeah. I played on PS5. Okay. Right on. Um, but anyways, uh, the, Jacob Geller, if you're curious about his thoughts on Callisto Protocol, is a big Dead Space fan. Uh, this week's episode of Party Chat, our Patreon exclusive podcast, which you get if you're at the $5 tier. It's uh, Jacob and I talking about his thoughts on the Callisto Protocol with the community. So if you want even more Callisto Protocol talk, it's all right there. Um, but we should mention something big. It's, it's not huge. But uh, the MinMax Show, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. You can always subscribe to the podcast version for free of this very podcast and for a special holiday treat for everybody. If you leave a review for the MinMax Show on your favorite podcast app, Apple, Spotify, whatever it may be, leave a review and include some way that we can track you. Some, you know, your Twitter handle, Discord name, anything like that, whatever you're comfortable with. Leave that review for the MinMax Show and you're automatically in the running to win a code for Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Uh, a very good game from this year. So we'll randomly choose from the latest batch of reviews uh, for the podcast to give out a code for Sparks of Hope, the new Mario and Rabbids game on the Nintendo Switch. So thanks everybody for leaving a kind review or whatever review you want, really. We're not going to judge. Just, you know, we ask that you're cool about it. Uh, the Game Awards. Kyle, uh, you were watching it with Game Informer? Yeah, yeah, I was helping covering it that way, um, writing stories and that kind of thing and tracking tracking it all. Uh, were you able to enjoy it, or were you too busy scrambling? And like, what was that release date? What, uh, what's this update? Blah, 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 blah. No, I, I enjoy this, that process. I really? like sort of covering the show with, like, a team and, like, everyone chatting about it and, like, oh, let you jump on that story. Like, I think it's a fun, energizing process. And, like... Like, you know, like the way we would do E3 at Game Informer and mm. stuff. And like the way I did it at GameSpot even a couple times. Like, I I enjoy that process. Um, and it's funny. I went into the show early on. I think even in that conversation at like with Game Informer, I was like, I'm kind of going in with low expectations this year. I don't know why. Right, right. I just like, I don't know if there's going to be anything that like is really exciting. And like, I was, it was like probably one of my favorite Game Awards ever. I'm like with Death you. Stranding 2, like Ken Levine's new game, Castlevania DLC for um, uh, Dead Cells. Like all right. this stuff was, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, De- Death Stranding 2 was the big one for me where I was like, did not see that coming. Can't believe it wasn't saved for last, honestly. Like, like really surprising. So I enjoyed the show overall, yeah. even... And then, and then there's the thing at the end that I'm sure we'll talk about that just like gives it this, will give it forever this reputation of like, whoa, remember the 2022 TGAs? That was bizarre. I have a terrible 
pit of pain in my stomach with the idea of talking about that, but we'll save it uh, for the end because <laughs> I don't. can't I don't, ignore it. I, mean, I know, but I know we'll talk like, about it. Especially we'll looking talk about up it. who this kid is. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But yeah, I don't want it to overshadow like how many amazing games yes. were at that show. I really think I think it was one of the best too. It's it'll be interesting yeah. to go back and compare it, but just beat for beat, how much was in there, and also you know I know Keely was tweeting about it, but it is true like. Not really any leaks. Like Vampire Survivors was coming to mobile, and that I guess got out there a little bit early. But outside of that, like the big, the big swings from this thing, radio silence about, which is incredible. Uh, Leo, yeah. did you have a good time with it? Yeah, it's you know even even for a gamer with a black heart like mine, right, they'll, they'll, right. they had some enough variety in there where it's like, oh, the lo-fi beats to chill and study two girls in rocket league now that's <laughs> that was bizarre cat on the hood it's like that cat's not surviving that game <laughs> that is sure. that i mean that's like the beauty of the game industry having those moments of like what would be the weirdest crossover we could do what about the lo-fi beats girl can we get her in rocket league and what then al pacino just hanging <laughs> here <laughs> what How about if, that for a crossover oh my god that show opening with al pacino i think actors you gotta love them, right, gotta folks? Give gotta give it up. Finally, they get some attention. But the idea of like the show opening with Al Pacino coming out on stage, which Looking by the great, you know, just he's suave there, just is really like a hundred percent focused. But like he set that tempo. I feel like for I'm going to take my time and be silly and loose, and then to go right into that to the best performance category, and then Christopher Judge from God of War got up there. God bless him. We all love him, and he gave a 12 minute speech. It was 12 minutes really before they long. like before they started playing the music to play him off. Like I, it feels like they had to scramble and burn a CD and then put it in the CD player, and then hook up the wires just to get that music to try and play him off. So like starting so slow, these freaking actors. Then after that, I feel like it was fantastic and it was trying to be a tighter show overall. Um, Janet, yeah, they're playing catch oh, up the entire time. They really were. Yeah, Keely yeah. was just uh, speaking as fast as Janet or I trying to fly through this thing. Uh, <laughs> Janet. Actually, being at the event, the event itself, that's all well and good. Um, tell us about the the vibe going into it. You what, you got all dressed up. Was it was it fun? Was, what was the energy like? All that good stuff. Yeah, the, the pageantry of the pageantry. event. Um, yeah, it was awesome to get to go. Um, you know, again, shout out to the community for making it possible to get us on the radar to be judges to then allow me to go. So I, I really appreciate that. And it's it's so cool. It's like one of the coolest things I got to do in my career because I watch every year and I love the idea of being in the audience for stuff like that. So it was very cool. Um, I went with my boyfriend, Isaiah, which luckily they were going to accommodate a plus one. That's not always the case, but they yeah. were. So I'm like, great, because otherwise you quite literally would have had to drop me off and pick me up without getting to actually <laughs> enjoy the event that I'm at. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, we got dressed up. I went the weekend before to get an outfit. Um, my wow. boyfriend's like, I'm good. I'm going to wear what I wore to your family's wedding. I'm like, great. Works for me. Day before, he's like, tried it on. It is not, it's not fitting right. It's not fitting right. I got to I got to get something else. Morning of, he's like, I'm, he's hitting the mall like 10 a.m. before the game awards. <laughs> this is another like, he, world. Yeah, like he went to Men's Warehouse for his suit and he's like, I need a last minute suit for an event. And they're like, OK, well, you we can get it like in a day. He's like walking by smiling. So we can get, you know, like a day. Like, what do you think? What, you know, what, what's the timeline there? He's like, oh, like like a three. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, they still hooked him up. But um, he was doing that scramble. Meanwhile, I did my thing, you know, my get ready stuff. I never really do all out makeup. I did for today. I practiced it the night before. Um, that was a lot of work on my part. So there you go. Shots to my sister-in-law, Maggie, for 
showed me stuff and also providing some of her palettes. We drove down there. I had the Xbox mixer before. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't like record stuff from it just because it very explicitly says on the thing like this is not interviews or like content. This is about us just hanging out. We have mm. our drinks. We're being friends, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I guess you're going to listen to what the man says, Janet. Pretty convenient. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to be the, like the clout chasing shill who's like, hold on. Let me like let me make this into a thing. So, you know, we hung out. I saw a lot of like familiar faces. It was cool to, you know, hang out with like Xbox people. I've worked with Xbox before. Yeah, they're really friendly. What about to, um, get genuinely? Give me your top three people that you ran into and we're happy to talk to at the event not top not, three then people. your bottom three then your bottom yeah three. yeah no but like not um, ranked per se but just who are you like oh man i'm so excited to finally get to see you and talk to you in person okay uh for um you know for the xbox mixer specifically with the whole thing what oh, are like the whole in thing the whole, thing? The whole um, thing i would i would say probably the people that i didn't meet before that i had never like no like meet, met in person but i know them so like you know uh brandon like handle i am brandon tv like he does stuff with soft giving and he streams and like i've followed him for years we worked together never met in person i was very excited to see him um both at i think the mixer and maybe also at the event later um i to think other people that like i knew but i didn't see before like that's who i would probably name or think of but you know okay. I, ran, I put some you know photos of my ran to like steve sailor yeah i think it's just meet phil spencer finally which was you nice, did even though yeah that's that's was, big what do you say he said well, <laughs> not not a lot i was like like you know tina meanie like i ran to her like i used to mm. work with her at ign now she's at xbox and you know i saw her and some IGN people and tina's like oh do you guys want to say hi to phil and we're like sure you know she walks us over and you know we're standing there and i'm like also Keep in mind, I'm five feet tall, so I'm always the shortest person anywhere. Right. Um, so th- there's that. And I'm, you know, we're like talking. Like, oh, yeah, I'm so-and-so. And I said, uh, hi, I'm Jan Garcia. Nice to meet you. And he's like, yeah, I, I know who you are. And, and then we just, that was it. <laughs> like, wow. That was, cool. that was you, um, awesome. Was it like from the look in his eyes, from the look in his eyes, did it seem like he knew you from kind of funny or from MinMax? Did you get a vibe? Um, <laughs> which eye is the kind of funny eye and which eye is the MinMax well, eye? Well, I think the community knows. Uh, if, if it was kind it of funny, you would have said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry about your outlet. Maybe he knows me from me being me. I don't know. Hey, that's I'm true. Out, Benny Pixels fan. It's probably kind of funny, but um, or <laughs> oh. I did a stream with them. I did a sponsored stream with them. Oh, so of course, that's know. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From that, but uh, and then I don't uh, know. you seemed like you had good seats for the pictures you sent. Yeah, um, we were in. So it was the Microsoft Theater uh, in LA, uh, row V. And if you know that theater, you know that it like doubles up on the letters. It goes like A through Z, and then double A through like double Z. And I don't know sure. if it goes further than that because I've I've only had decent seats at the Microsoft Theater. I don't know what all the seating is, but um, yeah, the seating was super solid. Um, you know, going to the <laughs> event, like we had the mixer, hung out, had the drinks, went to the event. Uh, you can't bring drinks into the theater for the game awards um that's specific to the game awards when i did the final fantasy thing at the microsoft theater you could bring drinks so i'm like all right i'm not gonna bring a drink then i'm just gonna sit down of course like after sitting down like for the pre a little bit of the pre-show like the last bit you know we're like kirby won um so as sarah knows right um during that i'm like okay let me go to the bathroom one last time because like i want to just make sure like I'm, i'm ready to hang out for like the next four hours three hours whatever i do that i come back but I come back while the show is starting. So you cannot sit down until a trailer airs if you get up to use the bathroom during the Game Awards. Weird. Which means I, I like stood up for like the Al Pacino thing. I was standing up for Chris Judge's speech. I was just waiting for, I'm like, someone play a trailer so we can sit down. Yeah, but were your it, feet just I, like inflated with blood because you were standing for so long? You're so sore? Um, I was okay. You know, I'm a trooper. I'm a runner. So, is that right? Um, 
Yeah, I've been training for the Game Awards for. Uh, <laughs> You've been training years. for judges' speech. <laughs> um, Endurance, but but yeah, like it was it was awesome. I think being there, and I forgot how many years, if any, that they've had like the general public. Even though you know, we're talking about whether or not they should or not later on, but like they're just being more people, and I think people from different sectors of gaming, whether they're like fans or media or whatever, it was nice that there was more noise than I think there was last year, where it was just. Mm media it was kind of quiet and they had to do like the fake i don't i mean maybe they did the fake claps y'all were watching the stream you would know more than i would but mm. it felt like felt real. we were genuinely you know you could feel the reactions and people would like pop for certain things and yeah. it was cute to see like even for nominees and stuff the um just like the vibe of the crowd of being like final fantasy and all the nerds are like yeah fine. you know you mean cool people you mean cool people don't be mad final don't fantasy. be mad at those youtube she means cool people everyone's cool everyone's cool um but it's like that, and then you know it's funny too. Like it's just it's just cool seeing the little um, the flavors of what people get excited for, right. and, and what people might you know. You're obviously gonna like not ham it up, but I I wouldn't like you know in another context. I'm watching a stream. I'm not gonna sit on stream and start clapping for stuff. So it's cool <laughs> to like I see Horizon and I'm like okay that's gonna that's gonna be DLC because they wouldn't show Aloy this much if it wasn't. And then it was there and I'm like yeah Horizon. Then I was like LA let's go. Like it it had a there was There's like a, a, an, a fun element. That yeah. isn't as prevalent did when you get, you're like not there in person. Did you get to see the magic of like Keely running from one spot to the other? Did you get to see him like devouring Twitter on his eight phones while a trailer was running? All that fun stuff? Um, not really, but I did find it trippy that and I guess again watching it, I never really thought about it. Like how often his back is to the audience or that he's like not on stage. Oh. It's like he's like facing because he's in his know, weird little all, side pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he was. Yeah, the 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 rain the little rainbow hole pit thing that he had mm -hmm. going on there. Like he'd he'd be staring into there pit. for the camera, <laughs> and then like you guys see us in the back. So it's like it's kind of weird that we're here, but he's like not talking to us. Right. I think it's also very unique to like how they shoot TGA compared to other award shows. Like other than like the the side camera stuff that I think you know the Grammys, the Oscars, every, everyone kind of has. It's rare for like the stage not to have as much of a role as you wouldn't necessarily expect um, with of course plenty of exceptions like there's plenty yeah. of times people are on stage but a lot of times when he's doing those straight to cams he is off to the side or somewhere else yeah uh, what um I said a thing that we'll talk about later what do you think got the biggest reaction let's let's start there what do you think was oh the biggest gosh. crowd pleaser in the audience what did people lose their minds about there are a lot of stuff and I tried to like ca like capture and predict some of it because I like mm. in the videos I sent you I wanted you to be able to like feel the vibes of of people reacting really heavily uh definitely the Hades 2 yeah uh, thing was yeah huge. that was a huge surprise yeah unbelievable let's let's um, let's 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 go over there let's let's start with sure. Hades 2 um to get that so early in the show to have like the super giant logo pop up and then trying to figure out like okay it looks like some lady fighting a witch, but she has kind of the laurels on, so she's Greek. Is it related to Hades? And then like the first time they have like dun 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 dun, like that music comes. It's like, what is this? this? Is an expansion? But he set it up like it's a whole new game. So yeah, for the first time ever, Supergiant, one of the most beloved indie teams out there, has announced that they're making a sequel, and it's Hades two. Everybody, Kyle, what was your big take on the Hades two one? Big reveal. I mean, I, I think we all kind of went through the same gymnastics in our head. It's like, okay, Supergiant. So obviously this is a brand new IP. Has, that's like, what they this do. Is, yeah. This is what, like, and you watch it and you're like, well, how is this not, how is this not Hades? Right. Right. It's right. kind of what I went through. And I was like, and he's talking about Kronos though. Like that, <laughs> we're getting into some Greek stuff here. But yeah, like honestly, like one again, like I 
just one of the I can't believe that didn't leak like yeah. a huge surprise like super the fact that they're already making a sequel and the fact that it's a sequel both like two huge things yeah and so it seems like it's still pretty early like they said on their site that they started working on it in 2021 and they say it's going to be early access again on Steam and Epic uh, they said expect more news about it in 2023 so they wouldn't even confirm to early access in 2023 on their site at least so you might be waiting a little while for this and then also on their site they say they're like, yeah, there's still a, a, there are a 20 person team, which is like a couple more folks than Hades One's development. But don't think just because of the wild success of that, that they're now some massive team that can crank this out. But it's interesting on their on their site, they talked about that idea of like, why a sequel now? And they say, they have a nice little note saying with each of our projects over the years, we've aimed to take on a new challenge that stretched our team's creativity and taught us more about how to make games well together. Once- we're tired of it. <laughs> Let's sit back and soak in the cash. Uh, One such challenge we've long considered was to try and make a sequel that could somehow recapture the sense of wonder and delight of its predecessor. Some of our all-time favorite games achieve this. The question is, can we? So like that, like now the ultimate challenge is to improve upon a game, which, yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm all for it. Let them continue to surprise us. But this is the last time we'll be surprised by Supergiant Reveal because now they've tried everything. Um, but in the every genre. That's right. Uh, but the big thing here is it's starring. Um, we're gonna butcher this name probably, but Melano, who is Zag's sister, um, and she's trying to kill Kronos, the Titan of Time. That's all we really know. Um, she's Was also she in the first game. I don't. Rem- I don't think so. Uh, and it, Zeus is there too, right? It was Zeus in the first game. I don't. Re- I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, like, Apollo is in the trailer as well. So it'll have, like, the Greek co- Greek gods kind of fueling you again as you're trying to take down uh, the Titan of Time, who they explain, you can't stop time. It's impossible. But you know that fight's going to be awesome. <laughs> like, having somebody who's just a master of time, it's going to be so bizarre. Uh, but, yeah, so they, they hint that, like, oh, she'll be... She's the princess of the underworld, but she's going to be leaving the underworld as well. So it's not completely going to be taking place in the underworld, more or less like the first one here. And also, you know, if you didn't pick it up from the trailer, they say that it's really about the dawn of witchcraft. Because I guess uh, she's involved with the early phases of witchcraft in history and whatnot. Uh, She has connections to that just through the ancient myths and whatnot. Uh, So we're very curious to see what that actually is like. There's a couple of people in the trailer that call her a witch. Like, is it okay to call you a witch? And so I think it's fun. It's gonna be fun too to see like, cause Assassin's Creed, remember they're also, they have that, they tease that game that's also gonna be about witchcraft. So it's gonna be a big witchy future for all of us. Um, and we all should be excited for it. Uh, any other thoughts on Hades 2? I gotta go and beat Hades 1 cause I never did. Mm, you should do that. The good news is it's a very good game, so you'd enjoy your time with it. So uh, it's oh, not too that's late. That's what I hear. I did actually. I did start it. Um, I just didn't see it through. So yeah, I get it. And it's also it's a tough one to try and find out like when when am I done? Because you can keep going for a very long time with that. But absolutely, you should get to that at I'm some point. I'm trying to figure out like when should I change the difficulty settings? That's that's mm, been my. Early. If I was less toxic, I would have beat the game by now because I would have already just turned it to easy and just walked around. And mm. there's also mm. a mode that like let like you level up your combat gets higher and higher like each run yeah the dynamic one that's the one i'm thinking of going with because then it can like kind of be perfectly catered to where i'm at so we'll see yeah uh kyle but um outside of that you think death stranding was the one that uh blew you away the most yeah i think that was that was the biggest surprise for me like a because 
I it wasn't as I it was I, it wasn't assumed that there would be a sequel. Kojima seemed to tease that he was working on something completely new. He's working on something with Xbox. I assume that would be like the majority of his right. time. And then like yeah, it was another one of those instances where I was like, "What is this?" And then they had the the baby oil, you know, handprint handprints, and I was like, "Oh, that kind of reminds me of Death Stranding." Right. <laughs> and then uh, Leah. Say, say do or whatever her name is like who who is there in the audience and i remember yes. early seeing her and being like why is she there like what is what what reason could it be that she's there and then yeah it very quickly was very obvious that it was death training too and it it's always like i can always tell the the thing i'm excited about the most after a show like this is like which trailer did i go and immediately rewatch after the show was over right right and it was That's death training too yeah like it was it, it, yeah because it like it, there's so much stuff in there to look at and be like what's going on what's happening here you know and it's like it's fun to kind of try to figure that out by rewatching the trailer again he, he begged you to do it yeah it was funny just hearing why the, does troy baker have a guitar because <laughs> he's a hell of a singer and he wants you to know it but yeah it was yeah, funny just like hearing the audience react when they started to realize what it was and like you know when they had the text pop up like a decima engine game you could hear people like whoa it's fun to like have the engine be a build of excitement because they know it's pointing towards that but okay so the confusing thing about this is they called it ds2 the entire time i don't think at any point during the game awards did they call it death stranding 2 but then on the official PlayStation YouTube channel, they have the trailer and it says Death Stranding 2, parentheses, working title. Yeah, I know that because I went and watched the trailer on the Kojima YouTube channel and it has the same thing, working title. Really? But it's weird to them just to lean so hard into the DS2 thing. Maybe they're still debating with Sony whether or not Kojima can get away with calling it DS2. Like, it's such it's, a weird thing. It's like a fight between Dead Space 2, Dark Souls 2, and now Death Stranding 2. Like, what will that acronym mm. Uh, the true in your mind when you see yes, that. right and the two siders too the 2ds of course there's a lot of confusion everyone's confusing <laughs> with that thing um okay wait, did, you, did you get anything concrete from the uh from the trailer kyle what's the takeaway here um i you know i, I guess not really i mean it looks like a lot of time has passed since the first game because norman reese's character has white hair now um, but the baby should be older if he's like aged. Well, it looks much. like the baby's like no. two is unless they're just being cheeky with the two angle. But in the beginning, that's what they make it seem. That baby like. is not two, dude. Like they're they're usually babies are walking at like one years old. Yeah, who can like, possibly know these facts? <laughs> uh, People that are around babies. Uh, but does Kojima have kids? Honestly, I don't know if he's a dad. Yeah, he does. Is, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Is, okay. Yeah, see, he should know this stuff. But isn't um, time all weird in the universe anyway? Like, yeah, it's a little funky. Okay. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as like it was for me, it was like, I got to go back and try to remember exactly what happened in the end of that game because uh, it does have kind of a crazy ending as if you can imagine that. Yeah. Um, Janet, what would you make of this trailer? Did you play Death Stranding, Janet? I only played a little bit last year when yeah. I was um, for a holiday stream where I was the delivery man. Get it? And I wore a little Santa hat. Um, oh, that's right. But that's right. I... I've been wanting to go back and really give it more of a try because, again, this is going to sound like I'm like trying to like bag on the game, but like I like walking. I had yeah. fun like hang like in my beginning time. Like I was enjoying getting around, doing the deliveries. Sure, it's a little rope, but like I like stuff like that. So I'm like, this could be cool. Um, I don't know how the combat would end up shaking out for me because I wasn't that great at when things got a little bit hairy. I got like stuck in the goo and I'm like immediately panicking, pressing a bunch of buttons, right. but. I, I don't know if I'll be able to make the time to go back to it. Um, I kind of, I'm with you. Now where, I kind of want to. Yeah, I, I'm with you where I've only played maybe the first two or three hours of that game and it's it's definitely on my pile of shame. What's that, Kyle? I said that's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It is absolutely embarrassing. As, Janet's fine. I think I even talked to Janet out of playing it. 
really? uh, at one point. But yeah. you, a lot of people have. I, I feel it's like the Kingdom Hearts effect. This Christmas break <laughs> might be the right time to jump back in and pick up that original game and and. But see don't it. we have like other work to do? Well, I guess by then we'll be done with our work. We'll be done. Um, we'll be done. We can do whatever the also, hell we want over Christmas break. I got a shot really kid, uh, really quick. Johnny Wags in the chat said, Hanson's like, what is this kid, 13? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough to tell, you know. Uh, but I think for the, that a strength of Metal Gear was that each entry was pretty standalone and yeah. you could like one without trying the others. And hopefully yeah. this is the same way. Maybe yeah, I don't know, honestly. Just playing that one and going back to the first one if you really love it. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't know, man, like four... I, like I, I don't think you could really play four. I think <laughs> without three like, is kind of the other ones. without yeah. playing one because I did. Well, I, I think I one. think that's incorrect. Um, I think like three I mean, is like MGS2, a good. Like close to the best one. Uh, yeah. Point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is so very good. close to being the best one. It's like that snake eater. It's all rise after one. You don't need one. Just leave. You know. You, you mo- need you, one. Yeah. This you is, need one. Actually, One's I'm important. just gonna skip the game. Go straight to two. I'm playing twos only. It's the year of the twos. <laughs> twos only. Oh, move. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. He said that he wrote Death Stranding two, which, by the way, remember Norman Reedus kind of like spoiled that this thing existed a while ago, but everyone was just assuming that hey, he's an actor, doesn't know what he's talking about, you know. Um, but so Kojima said that he wrote this, and then after the pandemic hit, he rewrote it. Because he said, I didn't want to predict the future, so I rewrote it. And that was his angle for Death Stranding 2. So I think this must be what he was talking about in a tease a while ago. Was it Summer Game Fest? Where he's like, I want to have a more optimistic game. That type of thing. Where he said he wanted to be a little bit lighter. So I think this is what he was going for with this. But It didn't look very light in the trailer. It certainly did not. No, absolutely not. Um, That was messed up too. Because I was like, this is, I'm like, oh, a mom game? Like, mom immediately shot. I was like, oh, what a unique idea. I've never (laughs) seen this before. Well, the character named Mama in the last game got crushed (laughs) under rubble. Spoilers, you don't know if I'm going to finish it. All right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are these 80 hours for now, Kyle? She lives. She just has to spend a lot of time under rubble. Stop. You can stop at any time. Tropes like that, but seriously, just keep an eye out for how often the mom is dead and everything you can say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Well, you know, Disney got the ball rolling. I guess what? Fairy Tales got the ball rolling. That carries over to Disney, and then Disney's the formation of everybody's uh, storytelling unit so we all have to be bambi um but the, the uh, i was struck by when kojima was talking on stage he said he's like oh you know i've got this game and then there's one other title that's completely new and i'm kind of experimenting at the moment and also other visual projects which is weird because they already announced the partnership with microsoft for like the the cloud games like why wouldn't he be specific with that and then also what's confusing with this in the Kojima timeline is, I mean, every leak was saying, oh, he's working on this horror game. This is going to be the big thing. Uh, the L Fanning's going to be this horror game. It's like, no, L Fanning's in Death Stranding 2. So is that horror game nonsense or is that horror game the Microsoft streaming game? We won't know because he's too PR trained. He's too PR trained. He's a master of his craft. Death Stranding 2, everybody. Look forward to it in the future. What, what a weird surprise. Uh, Leo, what uh, what was your favorite thing, man? Um, it wasn't a new announcement, but it got my eyes on it. Uh, Meet Your Maker? Yeah. That was a quick trailer that I've been reading up on since then. It's from the makers of Dead by Daylight. And it's a game based around that idea of you build a base and people come and try and raid it, and you try and raid their bases. You're trying to make them, like, really tough combat challenges or 
interesting puzzles, it seems like, which is a really cool idea. Yeah. And, you know, it, yeah, they revealed it at some point before, because remember that name popping out. But yeah, Meet Your Maker. And it's, it, we talked about it, by the way, if you want to watch Sarah and Leo and I react to the entire Game Awards, it's up on MinMax's YouTube channel. But it, you seem captivated with that idea, but just no one's done it well enough for you. Trailers, it's like, you know, here's our scary world and a pre-rendered cutscene, or here's the game and you get loot in it. And it's, I, I was waiting to get really like, somebody pitched me on a weird mechanic and this felt like that. This was like, oh, I'm really interested to see how they pull this off. Reading up on the website, you're full on like recording your AI patrol paths through your base. Really? Yeah, isn't that weird? And that you can watch all of the ghosts of people, everybody who raids your base, so you can see like, oh, this person beat it really fast. What are they doing? How are they exploiting this? Do you feel like it's going to be like a Super Mario Maker, where it's just everyone, these things are just going to be incredibly difficult very early on, where like that's going to be the thing? Like, I, I don't think, I guess that's the point, right? Unlike Mario Maker, where some people would like to just make a fun, neutral, easiest level. Like the whole point with this one is make it impenetrable. And so is there that is, just going to be impossible for so many people out there? There is a rating system, it seems, and you can personally review, like, this one is creative, this one's really brutal and challenging, mm. and hopefully they find a way to balance it that way. But the idea of it being the only thing that the game is, like, how do you make progression fair, and how do you not make everybody's base be titled easy 10,000 XP or whatever? Right. Like, I'm really curious to see how they tackle that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it's one that at least... You know, unlike so many games out there with this one, it's like, yeah, I, this could go a thousand different directions. I want to see what happens when it's released upon society and what people do with Meet Your Maker. Uh, let's see, who hasn't gone? Who hasn't gone? Uh, Janet? Uh, okay, what was your favorite? You said Hades was big, oh. the biggest reaction, maybe, but which one stood out the most? Mm, what stood out the most? I guess for me, maybe what I'm most excited about is the makers of Celeste doing another game? Yeah, I love that game. That game's a freaking masterpiece of a platformer. Yeah, with Earth, incredible music. Earth Blade uh, yes. is the name of this one. The same composer. Same composer is uh, Chicory, mm -hmm. uh, and that already sounds fantastic from that little trailer. But yeah, extremely okay games, and they're describing it as a two D exploration game in a seamless pixel art world. Coming twenty twenty four. I wish they didn't do that part, but I am still excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just didn't want to say Metroid. That's again. the thing. Yeah, maybe there's just yeah. too much baggage with the word Metroid. So it's like, I oh. actually, I don't hate that. If we want to get away from Metroidvania. Exploration? Like, yeah. It's it, just a little too silly forward. for me. Too silly. It's, it feels like you wanted to really do, it's like, let's be different to shake it up. But I'm like, right. there's probably a word that already exists that that would be fine to use. But it's like, yeah, maybe we want to have that seamless world, but it's not going to be gated. Is that the basic idea, you think? Of just you kind of mm -hmm. go where you want, and so mm -hmm. if there's no hard locks, then it's not a Metroid game, I guess. But yeah, Earthblade is one of those, like, really, has no game been called Earthblade? It feels like it's it on the tip of every... It um, <laughs> auto-generated. Uh, ah! Speaking of which, I need to go fix my light real quick. Um, you all can keep talking about whatever you want to talk about. Hanson mentioned this Earthblade thing during the stream last night too. I was like, I was like, what game does he think should have been called Earthblade? Well, it just it just sounds like two video game words like yeah. crammed together, you know? Like Sim It sounds Earth like the name of a game in like a fictional world. Yeah. It's like, oh, I play it's like cuz it yeah. sounds a little bit like Earthbound, so it's kind of like, mm. but Did you get and it's funny cuz Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Um and that's definitely one that I'm excited because I played Celeste. I will say mm. the trailer 
didn't make me like pop for it. But I, I'll sure. also say that when I first saw the Celeste trailer, like, I mean, I was like, oh, cool, a platformer. But it's like so hard to, I think, capture what makes Celeste special, like in a trailer where you're not like spoiling some of the later mechanics. So I, I kind of just trust the team at this point to yeah. drop something great. Um, but yeah, the, the trailer itself wasn't, you know, winning sure. me over on its own. It's Earthblade, everybody. 2024 is what they're saying for that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, one of the biggest reveals, I think the most emotional that Keeley got uh, throughout this entire thing, which is not a thing, uh, sentence you say very often. Um, but for the big reveal of a new game that was from Bandai Namco, and it was just showing like a world falling apart, covered in lava, this twisted planet, and then the From Software name popped up on the screen. You see a mech and bada bing, bada boom. Armored Core is back, everybody! And they just call it Armored Core 6. Fires of Rubicon. Um, and this is the point it's where a I think... job. I just, the way you pronounce that, it could just could not be further from like a From Software game. <laughs> <laughs> the fires of a Rubicon. They're torchy. So we talked about it in the podcast not that long ago that the groundswell of demand for a new Armored Core game has built along with like the success of From Software. So if you don't remember... Armored Core, old series going back to the original PlayStation, a lot of PlayStation nostalgia for that thing. It has its hardcore mech crowd, and as from software's uh, pedigree has climbed in the industry, I feel like there's been a climb with people demanding, like, yeah, but just imagine if they went back to, from, to Armored Core at some point, their old baby, if they finally applied the lessons to this old series, what can they do? Um, and it seems like that's where they're going with Armored Core 6. Um, there's an interesting way that they're phrasing it on the site and in the press release where they say it's co-developed by Bandai Namco and from software, mm. which is very different for them. Um, but then also they say, <clears throat> well, do you want the full official dorky wording? Are we in yes. favor of that here? Just oh, if after you read explore, it. Explore action was it? <laughs> yeah, this is up there with exploration because everyone's just you wondering. Gotta like, read it in your uh, fires of Rubicon voice. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I think everyone's just wondering, like, is this going to be a Soulsborne take on Armored Core, or is it going to be more like Armored Core Five or a sequel to Armored Core Five? What is this actually going to be like? And they say, Armored Core Six Fires of Rubicon will offer a game experience based on uh, the mech game know-how from some from software cultivated over 25 years developing games in the series, but it's now introducing groundbreaking gameplay found in the developer's recent action games. Like, okay. okay, they're tying it to... Some safe wording there. <laughs> very much so. And then they say, players will be able to freely move through massive three-dimensional environments with rapid maneuverability while experiencing visceral vehicular combat. Signature to From Software's carefully crafted game design, the game will feature challenging and memorable battles along with a fulfilling progression system and deep gameplay, all of it now powered by assembling mechs and going into combat with massive bosses. Players will recognize a sense of satisfaction and achievement when they overcome a difficult situation and relish okay. <laughs> momentary victory and perhaps a boost to their standing before encountering the next challenge. So that's like as close as they can get to saying it's a Soulsborne game, right? Yeah. But, Sounds like it, yeah. But if it's not, that's also some very soft wording for like, well, we just said you will be satisfied by a challenge. We didn't really go into any specifics beyond that. So I think I always get Armored Core in Front Mission confused mm, sure armored core like is an action game and yeah. it has always been an action game right yeah, yeah and then yeah. front mission is the grid-based strategy that's the tactics game, one right? yep yep okay that left alive is set in the universe of and please don't be confused right of course yeah, yeah. you didn't need to say that uh, we all knew what you were talking about did you not play armored core back in the day 
I just looked. I feel like I played one. Yeah. Like back in my freelance review era of like 2009, but I I'm not sure. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was really nostalgic for it. It's one of the earliest demos that I had for PlayStation One, and it was just mind blowing tech and running around like this water arena, and there's a square island you're invading, all this stuff. Like and highly then, customizable, right? Yep. Picking oh, all the parts. yeah. You can really go nuts on that and design a cool looking mech. Um, and then I ended up buying. Master of Arena, which was less cool than that original game. I forget what the details were on that one exactly. It was kind of like almost felt like a remix version of that original game and whatnot. But it kind of, there's a lot of defenders out there of like uh, Armored Core 5, but I looked it up. Jeffum, our dear Jeffum, he gave it a 6.5 when he reviewed mm-hmm. that. So like it definitely wow. was trailing down a little bit. And it was like kind of like a fake MMO. It was like a four on four battle thing. And so if they're getting back to just kind of like a single player focus of just super customizable mechs, I mean, we might be in for a treat. Uh, and they say uh, 2023 is when this thing is coming out. Um, and it's coming out uh, last gen as well, which oh, yeah. is a little like, eh, especially in 2023, seeing like, hey, it's going to be running on the Xbox One. It's like, okay, we'll see how that goes, but sure. Um, yeah, it's fun for like Miyazaki to, to come home. Like this is the first game that he worked on when he joined from software was Armored Core Last Raven. And so I imagine it's a weird emotional thing for him to like, finally go back to now hopefully greatly improve based on all the lessons that they've learned throughout the years back to the Armored Core series. But I'm very excited back to see. Back to the future for the first time in a long time. That's right, right baby. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, what else stood out? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, Judas. Yeah. You want to yeah. talk about the character or the game? Um, let's, let's do the game. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I... It was uh, I, how quick they I, they he started it by saying like from the creators of Bioshock, right? Yes. Yep. It's okay. pretty early yeah. on in the trailer they announced that because yeah. I read that as like you know people who worked on Bioshock, which is like that that often seen like indie cred. It's like you know we worked on Skyrim, we worked on Bioshock, and then it was like as the trailer was going, I was like, oh, that, I, I think they mean like Ken Levine. Like I, it just it felt like too close to Bioshock to like you know be from the creators of Bioshock, but we're doing something different. Yeah. And um. I mean, it looks cool. I don't. I don't really have a lot of like specific takeaways from it, other than like, this looks like a new Ken Levine Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite kind of style game. I think that was the biggest surprise. So if you don't remember the, the journey here, it was after Bioshock Infinite, what shipped in 2013, the DLC in 2014. Then Ken Levine said, "I want to work on a small team and work on this idea of quote unquote narrative Legos," which he then was talking about since 2014. Of like, okay, how. Uh, emergent, can we make a story? Um, how, you know, get away from just a linear storytelling in video games. I want to make it much more dynamic, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then along with that, he wanted to work with a smaller team, smaller, more experimental team. So with that, dismantled um, the beloved studio. Why am I forgetting the name? Irrational, um, which is a controversial move. Um, so then that he, he could- took a break to murder our former coworker, Dan Tack. He was back in Game Informer. Janet, do you like these Game Informer inside jokes? Are they fun for you? <laughs> Um, they're sure about they're as fun not. for me as they are for everyone listening. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and people are hooting and hollering out there. Speaking of Game Informer Inside Jokes, uh, quick detour. Jeff Keighley name dropped Overblood last night during the Game Awards, which is a survival <laughs> horror game that we from 1997. And he was talking about just like how it was a boost on Twitch, like somebody was streaming it on Twitch or something. But I was so confused about 
what that was. And I went and looked at it. Like, I couldn't find any stories about Overblood blowing up on Twitch. It had basically no streamers currently on Twitch. So I don't know what the hell that was. But Overblood is a very beloved old game that we played at Game Informer. And the community over there is kind of named after it and all this fun stuff. So it's just a weird deep cut. Yeah. Um, Anyways, but uh, Judas, so Irrational. So the whole idea was that he wanted to have a smaller team to work on this more narratively experimental type of game. Um, And so... It seemed like it was going to be kind of not quite indie game, but a smaller budget thing. But then seeing this trailer, it's like, this looks a lot more like a new Bioshock than I was expecting, just visually. And so if it is still that smaller team, good Lord, uh, they have been working hard. And there are definitely reports, you know, in Jason Schreier's latest book, it's a lot about um, Ken Levine is a very difficult person to work for. Seems to be the takeaway from a lot of people work there. And there's a lot of rotation in that team and whatnot. Um, But it's... Here, it looks cool. It's got like the, the vector art for the logo and stuff. Uh, and Keely, Keely called out the narrative Legos idea specifically, yeah. right? So it's like that is presumably implemented yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah, for whatever sure. Whatever that means. It's interesting that Ken Levine wasn't in the crowd. You think it would like cut to him, but maybe he's still, eh, I don't know, maybe he's a little burned by some of the reporting out there about his management style where he doesn't want to be there. It's it's odd. It's odd not to show him, I think. Um, but yeah, on the official site, uh, the description here is just, a disintegrating starship, a desperate escape plan, you are the mysterious and troubled Judas. Your only hope for survival is to make or break alliances with your worst enemies. Will you work together to fix what you broke, or will you leave it to burn? Leo, choose now, please. Was that? You're muted. Yeah, it was muted. I'm going to burn it. You're going to burn it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Does this do anything for you, Leo, the trailer? Sure. I mean, I'm more interested in seeing how they pull off the narrative Legos thing. And honestly, the fact it looks so much bi- like Bioshock, is that going to be set up for some kind of subversion of our expectations? Because it's weird to have the game be set in Rapture again. <laughs> well, it's yeah. Space Rapture. It's completely different. Even yeah. higher than Infinite. Wow. I think it's <laughs> like, like, feel like you're in space. When That's you're right. It, Absolutely. I do feel it's like, like a system shock was a space station, right? So, well, yeah. um, it, it is confusing though, because you know, 2K is publishing this and Ghost Story Games is the new developer here that uh, can be informed. But, um, but 2K is also making that new Bioshock with Cloud Chamber. And so, I wonder if the announcement of this means that it's going to be a little while before the new Bioshock is actually revealed because they probably won't want to message the two at the same time. It's a little bit like that, uh, Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad doubling up where it's like, hey, why complicate things? Let's just go for this game now, which combat-wise, powers-wise, does look pretty Bioshocky, and then they can get to the other one later. The Where's the new Bioshock even going to be? All the way up in heaven? That's right. That's right. Well, Columbia's pretty <laughs> damn close. Janet, what do you think of this? Um, it looks cool. Like, I don't, I also don't have any, like, Ken Levine takes. Like, I barely played some of Bioshock 1. Um, mm-hmm. I keep replaying it because I, like, keep restarting it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to get back to that. Let's start a new save. It's like, this happened with me with Last of Us 1 for, like, a million years, too. But I would love to finish it. I mean, that game is, like, at least from the, the bit of hours I played, so good and so scary. And I also just, I'm a big fan of um, funky abilities, like, telekinetic abilities in games. It's a lot of that. Um, so yeah, like I'm excited to go back and finally like play through them and then see what this is. Um, the fire hand was exciting to me in this trailer. Yeah. I was like, yep, that seems cool. You put like a little clock watch in your That's hand. That's the thing, I, like I, opening I, up the hand watch. Yeah, that was yeah, bizarre. Like, I'm, I'm here for like weird mechanical psycho whatever funky stuff. Right. So it's a lot of that. I was I was interested in this. It's definitely one that the crowd popped for as well. Like I think there's just so much 
love for Bioshock, even though there seems to be also a lot of Bioshock baggage. But I was going to say to like to your point of the oh, working on a game that's also like supposed to be more Bioshock while making a game that's inspired by Bioshock. I yeah. feel like we're in the double dip era because this keep, that's kind of keeps happening right? we have like um, what Callisto Protocol and then the Dead Space remakes coming out again. Right, so right. Those are like completely mm. different teams working in isolation stuff. It's not always synced up, but like we're finally starting to almost run over ourselves. I think both in ideas <laughs> with how much fan and service, the, yeah. the revival of ideas and then the reiteration of ideas. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to, how many more times we'll see examples of that, but I, I find it kind of amusing that we've gone through, you know, we had like a lot of the remaster era and that like PS3 era. Um, blah, that was so many, just always, they've always been selling you that you've already oh and sorry i forgot to not swear here um that's been happening for a million years now we have like the remakes and now it's kind of all like stacked up on each other um yeah just kind of interesting yeah yeah i'm with you uh all right uh kyle i'm counting on you here buddy uh we had a a beautiful person in a back the tank uh, on stage and then that was the kickoff to Star Wars Jedi Survivor the new trailer and release date for all this stuff uh, what'd, you, what'd you take away from that trailer there dude um I, I, I I'm really excited for that game yeah like it's one of those things where like they didn't even really need a trailer so much as they're just saying hey there's a new you know, there's a new uh, Jedi game coming out because like honestly in terms of like Star Wars things in general across the board like that's probably been one of my favorites of the last couple years. You know, it's yeah. like the only thing that's really gotten me excited about Star Wars, honestly. Have you seen Andor? Uh, maybe Visions is about the only other thing. Have you seen Andor, Kyle? No, I haven't watched Andor yet, but like, I, should you I? watch Andor. I, you should probably watch Andor. I watched Andor. Obi-Wan and I was like, how? Nope, I, like, nope, I was like, nope, I nope, why nope, am I still nope, doing nope, this? Nope, nope, I am nope, so nope, uninterested nope. in everything that's <laughs> Take happening. Take me here. telling you to watch Andor as a serious uh, recommendation yeah. of its quality. Okay. I'll check out Andor. But um, yeah, as far as like, there's there's cool stuff in the trailer, right? Like there's that cool chocobo creature and like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it was a lot of little things like that. It was like, yeah, you guys already kind of had me. I, you know, whatever you show me now is just a bonus, you know? Yeah, it's weird to, it seems like so much of the messaging out of the gate is like, who's in the tank? Who's in the tank? Then they reveal that person and I, I don't know who that is. It doesn't seem like Star Wars has any idea who that is. So it's just a cool looking person that'll be a key figure for this game this time around. Um, I thought maybe it was going to be a Cal clone or something like for a moment, but I was like, no, okay. It's yeah. I was like, is this Ezra or something from rebels? But no, that doesn't make sense. This timeline. Um, but yeah, they, they seem to be big, big on like, Hey, every lightsaber thing you can do, let's hit it in this one. He's now has the Kylo Ren lightsaber. Why not? That's like the big finale sure. for the trailer. Blue. Right? It's blue. Nice. It's quite different. Um, but March 13th, 2023, Sooner than you think. I mean, that's yeah, months away. That, bananas. Yeah, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Very curious More about that. More of these thing. trailers were for first half of 2023 than I expected. Oh, yeah, cool. that is true. Yeah, yeah a shorter time around for, turnaround for a lot of this stuff. Um, uh, Kyle, because you mentioned uh, the Chocobo, we should probably talk about the biggie. The biggie in the room. We got Final Fantasy 16, the new trailer for Final Fantasy 16. Um, what they called the final world premiere, I think is their phrasing for what this thing is. The Vengeance trailer. Um, yeah. but that trailer freaking opens with a chocobo dying and little kid getting covered in blood like it's the opening cutscene from Zeno Gears. Yeah. It was horrific. Yeah. I was like, ah, and they're like, oh my god. I was like, you know, that, that's when again, I swear actually do just genuinely swear a lot. I think I did Why? say some swears for that. Cause I'm like, this is so graphic. It's like, <laughs> and then especially too, it's on that big screen. I'm like, 
holy cow, they're like really going for it. Here. Watch us butcher this effing chocobo in front of you. Uh, yeah, it seemed to be the big messaging. I mean, they've been hitting this for 16, but especially this trailer. It's like, hey, do you like the summons? Do you like seeing summons battle each other? Because that seems to be a lot of this game, at least for the action trailers that they're cutting, is just how many of these summons can be rammed together, ramu together, if yeah. you know what I'm saying, wink, wink. Um, and the end is, is like they really like slowed down for him to just pronounced ifrit <laughs> like, ifrit cleanly as possible of course uh but yeah they announced as well that final fantasy 16 is coming on june 22nd 2023 it's fun I, i'm excited it's, it's fun to see sarah get so excited about that like the fact that the final fantasy 14 community is all on board this game because the yoshi p connection you know it's fun to finally merge those disparate parts of the fan base you know like okay all the mainline Final Fantasy fans and all the online people everyone can look forward to 16 as something special so so hopefully it is that and the new box art looks sick uh let's see other stuff we haven't hit uh big announcement we missed anything stand out for anybody mm. I've got some I feel like we hit the big ones yep uh the Dead I Cells like DLC like you mentioned Kyle that that is awesome a big Castlevania crossover where it's like uh, Dead Cells plays so well. Now you just get to play with the Castlevania characters and Castlevania music. Like that is yeah, that was fun through. because it was like I was like listening and watching. You know, obviously it was Dead Cells right away, but I was like, I think that's Castlevania music. Like it's yeah. very subtle the way it sort of creeps into the trailer, and then it's very specifically Symphony of the Night, right? Um, like even the layout and everything, uh, which is. I mean, that's the best Castlevania for most people, so why not? There we go. Uh, another really cool one was a uh, Viewfinder, which was in the pre-show which is a puzzle game. It looked a lot like super liminal yeah. um, where it's a lot of a perspective. Kyle, it's going back to the old early phases of uh, portal two with the F stop mechanic that valve was teasing for so long, right? With that idea of like, okay, it's all about your perspective and how that shifts. But yeah, it looked really cool. Uh, oh, Kyle returnal coming to PC. Congratulations. Great, I played the hell out of that game on PlayStation 5. Don't be a little dick about Last it. Last of Us coming to PC, Not, too. Yeah, yep, they announced that before, yeah. but they had the release date. I think it's like March for Last of Us Part 1 on PC. You can finally play as, like, Thomas the Tank Engine mm-hmm. in one of the most uh, heart-crushing stories in gaming. I mean, it, you're telling me you're not going to boot up Returnal on, on your Steam Deck? No. You're not going to Returnal to it? You're not, uh, why, why would I, you? It's going to be a, a, a worse version on my Steam Deck, or I can All troubleshoot right. it on my, my desktop. That'll Le- be fun. Leo, what am I that supposed to do fun. with this guy? It's his, one of his favorite it's, games. You can have it on Steam it's Deck. It's going to be easier on mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Come on, Kyle. All right, fine. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> one of the biggest surprises, God, this was weird, was uh, a Bayonetta prequel. Bayonetta Origins, yeah. everybody. It's coming March 17th. Like, Four months after the last game debuted, absolutely bananas. And it's like isometric. How would you describe this, Janet? I think that's fairly accurate, at least from a perspective standpoint. And the art okay. style is the probably the most striking aspect of it. Um, I'm not sure how you... Uh, yeah. Almost watercolor-esque in the palette. Right. But is it... It has like a sort of ephemeral look to it. Uh, kind of a cutesy look as well. Um it, it seemed interesting, but I, it's one of those things where I look at it and I'm like, this is either going to be awesome or just like not hit at all. And I don't know which platinum are you going to take. Yeah, that classic um, conundrum. But yeah, crazy that platinum's developing it. It's it's bananas. One thing that was interesting and again, you know, mixed company of like not just media people, but there's like plenty of fans in the audience. I noticed that people cheered every time the Nintendo logo came up. What? <laughs> really? Which I was like, 
shout out to and you know i'm still like a nintendo kid at heart like i stand nintendo for sure love splatoon 3 etc etc but you know admittedly haven't played as much stuff on the platform lately because there hasn't been a lot in a lot of ways but i'm like look at this die hard desperate community like i'm here with my people and we're just happy to be here you know what i mean like it just it it felt so like accurate while it was also very shocking at the same time but i noticed that and i'm like wow we just really want anything don't we it's just like oh thank god well i mean for me it was every time that logo popped up i was like tears of the kingdom right right Mm. something different like that was that was getting excited for breath of the wild over and over again or not breath of the wild but you know yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. Basically I mean that, that was my personal reaction i don't know if that's what other people were having as well but yeah yeah no uh i mean i guess death training too but outside of that not a lot from the big three here um it's like yeah this is a switch exclusive for the bayonetta origins game but yeah not not too much but they're saving it they're saving it and there's some kind of exclusive stuff for playstation yeah that was kind of there i feel like xbox was the big one that just wasn't there i think at all i don't think there was ever an xbox logo on anything or fine print on anything yeah uh by the way yeah we shouldn't gloss past this i know you mentioned it briefly earlier janet but yeah we got a big expansion coming to horizon forbidden west yeah it's confusing like how to phrase this thing is expansion is it kind of the miles morales of the dlc it's dlc so it's called horizon burning shores uh, and this is coming out April 19th, 2023. And finally, Janet, Aloy's walking down Hollywood Boulevard. Yep. It's funny. It's funny. I like tweeted about it because I'm like, oh, this is like tailor made for me because I, I love Horizon and it's in L.A. So I'm like, let's go, baby. This is going to be awesome. And someone replied to me. They're like, yeah. And we, it seems like we get to fight some type of metal devil, <laughs> which is like really it's like this. They showed like this big monster right, you know, right. robotic machine in it um but yeah you know i'm notoriously not a very big dlc person something about it just not being a proper new skew it makes it hard for me to want to really care about it very much but i do love horizon so much that i probably will play through this because i missed um god was called frozen wilds the the first game just because i I, you know i played that game so late that like it's kind of weird playing dlc like really like when you beat the game really late like you're just like really out of time um but since this is coming out, you know, there's also they got their VR stuff like they're having a, having a little bit of like a side content moment. So I think I'll hit this up for sure. I also yeah. feel like it'll be a nice little window in which DLC kind of always is a nice little window into like what they might be looking to innovate on. Like It'll kind of tell me, like, what do you feel like they maybe want to change about the base game? And they can kind of play with some of those ideas in this DLC. So that's yeah. what I'm excited to see. Yeah, for sure. Seems cool. Um, yeah, a big one, a uh, big moment. Kyle, if it didn't land with you, it didn't land with anybody. Um, but the Suicide Squad game had a new trailer that was focused on just that Batman's in it and that he is voiced by Kevin Conroy. How'd that land for you, Kyle? Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's exciting and surprising. I mean, I, uh, other than, you know, have, loving Kevin Conroy and really being genuinely sad when he passed away. Yeah. And it's exciting to learn that he did have one final performance. That's all great news. But then, like, on the sort of Arkham front of things, I'm like, how does this work exactly? Like, I don't want to spoil anything about the Arkham games, but like, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. It's like, I I'm curious how that is all going to fit is it is Bruce Wayne. If it's being voiced by Kevin Conroy, <laughs> right. And I don't know. It's like, 
he's Am he's I alive. Excited to see Batman like killing people and being evil, even if it's like he's under a curse or something. I don't I don't know. And like, it, yeah, it's the big thing is like, oh, it's Batman. And then it's kind of a funny moment. Where Harley Quinn's like, oh, he can't kill anybody. Don't worry. And then a body comes flying down. But it seemed like the body was still breathing or something. So it's unclear if yeah. it's just all the Justice League are evil at this point and they're full on on a murder spree or what exactly is going on. But it's 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 interesting to see them hit like the Arkham beat so hard for Rocksteady. For like, okay, we're going to have the music, the main theme from Arkham Asylum play, and we're going to show the Arkham Asylum gate entrance logo and all this stuff just to really try and remind people, like, we did that game. I know you didn't like Gotham Knights, but Rock City's right over here, and we're actually, it, it's uh, we're the same continuity. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's um, they were really hit it hard by having that final performance of him saying, you know, I am the knight, and then it just says, what, thank yeah. you, Kevin, I, mean, the, I think, at the end. That part of it was nice. Like, it's like, yeah, a, yeah give, give, give Kevin Conroy a nice uh, a moment there. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know if it... I, I'm excited for that game, but no, I'm, almost, I'm almost more confused by Batman being in it than anything else. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have to say you're excited for it, Kyle. I remember you said you're more excited about Gotham Knights than... Suicide I was. Squad. I stand by that. I mean, I, okay. I, I was, you know? I okay. like the idea of being in Gotham City but with the you? Bat family. Yes, I was. <laughs> he was excited. That's fine. He was ex- and then I played it. I it is I'm still like I it's one of those I want to like it really bad, but every time I sit down I'm like maybe I should give Gotham Knight a little more time. I'm like oh. or I could, you know, do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> equally fun equally fun oh, wow ultimate loot Brutal. um there was a game called um it's I, th- I think it's a bad name i know we spent a lot of time judging the names of the show last night but this one i think sarah sarah didn't attack enough uh it's a game called immortals of avium not immortals phoenix rising please don't be confused this is immortals another bad name also another bad name you can't get away from it uh but this thing it's um an ea original which ea has had a great uh streak oh recently God. Um, oh, hang on. Janice got something to say. But uh, it's from well, a studio yeah. called Ascendant Studios. Um, and Kyle, the thing with this, it's a single-player, first-person magic shooter is how they describe it, but that it's the same director as Dead Space 1. And then he went mm-hmm. and apparently directed four Call of Duty games. So imagine he went to Sledgehammer. Does that make sense for four? I don't know if that math checks I mean, out. I feel like the, those, those, that team was like working on a lot of the zombies stuff. Am I... Well, yeah. there was some talent that that went over, yeah, that had a okay. connection back to Dead Space and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, with that anyway. pedigree for the director, at least, you know, I know we all, you could argue how burned people feel from the Callisto Protocol and them leaning into the Dead Space angle, but like, oh, here's the game's actual director uh, moving on to this thing. And with EA's budget, like, it seems cool. Uh, but sorry, Janet, you seem to be lighting up for Immortals of Avium. <laughs> no, well, what I just... You know, it's funny watching the show and they're having like all these trailers like I I love EA Originals in theory and I'm always down to like check out what they're working on. Like I think it's one of EA's more compelling sectors. Right. But God, I couldn't tell at all what this game was. And I was just so frustrated by how bad this trailer was. And, you know, I can't help but like I feel like one thing that. Yeah, this is kind of an obvious answer, but I uh, am following on TikTok this uh, creator named Derek Liu, uh, like L-I-E-U is his last name, uh, Derek with a K, like awesome content. He does uh, trailer editing and he does a lot of content on, oh, here's like this trailer, like here's what makes a good trailer, you know, just a bunch of content on the industry. And one yeah. thing he mentioned, he's like, At, watch a trailer and ask yourself, what do I do in this game? The longer it takes you to answer that question through the trailer the worse the trailer is. Yeah. And I never got an answer for that in that trailer. Um, I think it was one of the weaker ones of the show, yeah. which like I just felt so much frustration as someone who is 
always down to check out what's going on with the originals and i felt like y'all really fumbled this moment because yeah. i'm here like i'm your audience and i don't know what the heck that is you reading that is the only reason I know what that game is. <laughs> well, like they try and tease it at the end with like, oh, first person, the hands and the magic and all that stuff. But to open it with kind of just like yellow protoss looking only, gears shifting. I know, it's and like, like teases yeah. do not work if I don't have anything to attach it to. Like right. if you're, you know, Kojima, you're the Bioshock people, whatever. You don't got to do a lot. You show me a fire hand. I kind of, I get it because I can put those pieces together. Like EA originals and it's like very mysterious. Like, okay, you don't got the clout to be mysterious. Tell right. me what your game is so I can get excited about it have a concrete idea yep. to tweet out that isn't just what was that game that was a bad trailer yep it's for tough sure. with like when the messaging for the trailer house is like okay make this look cool that's kind of their job but you need to understand the context of like no one's going to think that this confusing tech in this sci-fi world is looking cool you know it reminds me a little bit of like the reveal trailer for that rts from frost giant i even forget the name of that thing but it also was just like them leaning into these people in the sci-fi world like there's there needs to be some context to get us excited here instead of just it's cool because it's your world i understand that as a creator if i saw somebody spend millions of dollars on a trailer for a world i created i'd fall in love with it too but you gotta think of it from outside your perspective a little bit um which they did for the reveal trailer for crash team rumble the new crash bandicoot game 4v4 everybody tapping into a little bit of that moba magic uh, happy to see Crash still alive in some way. They brought the Crash suit back. He he made a grandma reference. Leo Vader lit up like a kid on Christmas seeing that. Uh, Kyle, uh, both Leo what and Sarah. What is the grandma reference? I didn't get that. He says like Booyah Grandma, I think, in those old Crash Bandicoot commercials. Just oh, okay. I was yeah. mad he didn't do the dance. <laughs> yeah, look, they really blew it on a number of levels. This is my thing. When I see these types of games, it's like, hey, it's a 4v4 Crash Bandicoot game. Like In the, in the green light meeting... Someone was like, this could really take off. Like, we all know the fate of Crash Team Rumble before this thing's coming out. Like, unless it's free to play or on Game Pass, and even then, like, it's not going to sweep the nation. But I, sure, you know what? Why not? Because it's 4v4? That's right. Yeah, so too many for it to just be a party game. Right. It's it's an odd one. It's an odd is take. It just, are you saying because it's like a multiplayer? Game, yeah, that's right? it. I mean, yeah. basically, is what it comes down to. A Crash Bandicoot multiplayer game isn't gonna compete with <laughs> all guys. I guess. Although, right? based on the amount of enthusiasm in your voice right now, maybe it can. <laughs> maybe I stand corrected. Uh, crime boss, Rocky City, everybody. Um, this is our 90s era of the night. It was back to back. Yep. So this one takes place in the 90s. Um, and it seems like Florida. in Florida. Yeah. And so it's a it's a Czech studio. Some talent that worked on like Mafia and Silent Hill Downpour and stuff. But it's called In-Game Studios. 505 is publishing it. Seems to be going for a little bit of that um, Vice City magic. I know it's not quite uh, the 90s in Vice City. But uh open worldish, crime-ish, and then the big hook is, look at all these 90 stars that we got, and we de-aged them, so they all look like their 90 selves. Uh, so Michael Madsen came out on stage. He looked to be 130. Um, we all love Michael Madsen, but that was shocking. But then uh, Chuck Norris is in this thing, Kim Basinger, Danny Glover, Michael Rooker, um, and Vanilla Ice is in Crime Boss Rocket City. popped for Vanilla Eyes. <laughs> really? Which I think also tells you something about the audience that is at the Game Awards. Um, surprising. But, I love ice in my yeah, pop, but... A really specific cultural thread there with people popping for Vanilla Eyes. But, you know, <laughs> I digress. Ridiculous. I, watching that trailer, the, I didn't notice it until I'm watching it a, like a second time, but the char- when they introduce all the actors, they're they're lip-syncing the song. <laughs> what? Are it. you serious? Yeah. 
Like I didn't notice it when it was live. TikTok effect. Yeah, it's amazing. But it's like it. It's hard to miss because they look like they're like being introduced in like in the middle of like an action scene, but they're all they're all singing the song that's playing on top of it. Oh very, my god! Very weird. We'll see how that thing works. I'm I'm happy the developers got to meet a lot of their heroes from the '90s. Uh, that's what I think of when I see a trailer like that. But Crime Boss, Rocket or City, receive everybody. voice files from them. <laughs> Not, no the greater true, email too. attachment than from Danny Glover. Um, Wait, whose character's name is Gloves, by the way? I don't know <laughs> what to think about. That was really good. That was probably the best yeah. part of the trailer. <laughs> and they phrased it saying, uh, yeah, we got Chuck Norris, everybody. <laughs> okay, all right. 2005 yeah. was fun. Um, for the first revival. But uh, Phantom Liberty, speaking of celebrities, um, the new cyberpunk uh, expansion DLC, however you want to frame it, uh, they got Idris Elba, apparently, in that. Uh, I didn't see that coming, but that was a surprise. Um, let's see. There's the, a quick snippet of him in the VO booth, and I think he's wearing the same headphones that I'm wearing. Ooh. Oh, my God. Leo Vader, tech influencer. If I right. squint, I can't tell the difference between you two. So handsome. So handsome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, they showed an extended clip of the Mario movie. Kyle yeah. focusing on the toads and whatnot. What would you think of that one? Loved it. I can't wait for that movie. It looked funny. Made me laugh. That's how you're at gunpoint right now. Yeah, you're right. could you could you give some <laughs> more insight? I, I am genuinely very excited for that movie. Okay. Like that's like that is like the movie I'm most looking forward to next year. Other than Barbie, Barbie Hanson, which I understand. Yeah, we're number one but, Barbie um, fans. I, it looks great. Like it the it it looks funny. You know, I I don't know. I'm I'm into it. Yeah, they're really playing up like the Mario's a klutz angle. It looks like it was kind of picked up right after he got to the Mar- Mushroom Kingdom. So it's him like bah! tripping over his shoelaces, basically, just so they can eventually build him into the greatest jump and man I don't in hate the world. His voice, his voice is fine. I, 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 I I'm not on the Chris Pratt hate train when it comes to this. It's like yeah, it seems fine overall. But this is the first time seeing an extended clip. Like even a couple of those lines, there's like. Okay, where he's like, uh, walking up here and I'm going to fall down. It, uh, it's the first time that my skin crawled a bit. I don't think he said that. I, I got to watch that clip. It's, it's very close. It's very close. I take no joy in it. I'm not trying to be part of the internet having fun. It's really hurt each line of his I heard. It, it hurt really you. Hurt really? I think it's yeah. because... It does. He does. The voice acting doesn't really seem to embody Mario's personality. But the challenge there is like, what is Mario's personality? Like Luigi at least has right. a personality, you know, skittish, dorky. Mario's just like he's Mario. Well, he, so he, it's like I don't know what I mean. I do think to that point though, the what was it? The French version, right? It sounds like accurate. I was like, no, that is what he sounds like, but in French. Okay, here's so here's the, here's the line, Kyle, that drove me insane. Whoa. Okay, so these bricks are just floating here. Uh, just popping this. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Kind of sounds like the voice you did earlier when you were like, what was the name of the game? Uh, Armored Core Six. Rise yeah. of the Sinistrals or whatever. <laughs> oh, okay, so these bricks are just floating here. Uh, that that delivery so just you feels. Hate that? Why is that hate? It's it, it's it, it's the first one that struck me as like uh, maybe this is gonna be maybe it is just a bad match. Maybe it's just yeah. I, okay. Not hate. I'm still very much excited about it. A lot, Hanson. I know, then, I know, know, but I'm not an actor, and I hate actors. So do you I respect hate yourself. Like, what's we got a lot to unpack here? No, because I'll never be an actor, no matter how much I act in my life and in Resident Evil One <laughs> reenactments for Easy Allies. Um, but the thing that struck out to me about this clip is just um, the music. Like, uh, I guess this is all is it all hooked up still? But just like even in this minute long clip, they jump around. It just feels like a Mario medley at all times. Like having like the Toad House from Mario Three music. Here, let's see if I can play it here. <laughs> Got a 
Like, like I think I think that's gonna be an undersung part of the movie is if they're just constantly Easter working through this. Movie. Yeah, it, it really is. Some but just poor like a person at these outlets are gonna have to like work together to try to collect every the eight hundred references we found <laughs> in the Mario movie. And yeah, it's gonna be I'm gonna it. watch the YouTube video. Oh, absolutely, I? absolutely. That's I great. mean that's that's like one of the uh, among the many bummers to me of the Sonic movie is like they don't lean into the soundtrack it's like why wouldn't you just yes. use the sonic soundtrack i know anyway. it's, it's mind-blowing uh diablo 4 is coming out june 6th 2023 don't you forget it everybody uh crushing rumble we already talked about uh let's see it odds and ends we got all those uh let us know if we missed anything that you're super excited for but there's a lot in this damn show including um, we haven't talked about it at the freaking awards everybody <laughs> like they're actually giving out awards oh, yeah during this it really doesn't thing. feel like you know it does feel like a showcase more than that has awards of course more than an award show yeah sure, i will yeah. say um but real quick before we move on to that yeah. i do watch out among us hide and seek because i'm not an among us fan i find that game dull but yeah. i do like hide and seek so i'm like maybe this will be you know an entry point um so it's just like surprised a, to see it was a mode within among us i guess i missed that it must have been yeah it's yeah mode. so um yeah it's a mode it's a mode that's coming out december 9th um okay. i can't remember if this was i think this was in the main show and not the pre because i only saw like a few minutes of the pre-show so i'm gonna guess that was in the main and then um yeah. another one that well, i think a lot of people there seemed to be some excitement for was uh the hellboy game yeah that's uh, right yeah, mike yeah. mignola's hellboy game it's like a mm-hmm. cel-shaded vibe um it looked cool and like you know people rock with hellboy so i feel like there was there's at least interest there i don't know if what else to make of the project but it yeah. stick out to me yeah absolutely uh elden ring was the big winner, everybody. One for a game direction, one for game of the year. God of War Ragnarok. Oh, best art direction as well for Elden Ring. Uh, God of War Ragnarok took home best narrative, best performance. Went to Christopher Judge in God of War Ragnarok. Um, let's see, a Splatoon 3, best multiplayer game. Not too shabby. There we go. It disconnects every seven minutes. Other than that, it's a really great multiplayer oh, game. Oh, man. So minutes before that. Whoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, when you're, it's when I'm alive, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, let's see. Most anticipated game, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom 1, of course. Of course. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Sarah uh, popped hard for best family game was Kirby. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Best RPG was Elden Ring again. Xenoblade really got shot down. Best music was God of War Ragnarok. I thought Xenoblade stood a chance there, but no. Uh, Sound design specifically, right? Or was it music? uh, Best audio design. Recognize the best in-game audio and sound design. I'm sorry. Yeah, so that was God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. separate categories. I think they also won music as well. Yes, you're totally right. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, Any surprises there, Kyle, for the winners? It's... It felt like Ragnarok was getting ready to sweep. It was. Yep. Yeah. Like I was yep. like, oh, I think I think it's going to take game of the year. Like just because maybe it's because it's the one that everyone's played recently. It's a very good game. I wouldn't be upset if it won. But uh, I was, I was both. I was weirdly a little surprised, but also like happy to see Elden Ring win. I, I think it's 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 the winner for me. Yeah. Uh, best indie game went to Stray. Yeah, I knew that would happen. Also, best debut indie game. I also went that would to happen. Stray. I, yeah, that should have been Vampire Survivors. It should have been Vampire Survivors. Um, that that seems like a mistake, but hey, we all like Stray. 
but did, like she's, she's having a great game. Yes, having this streak of stray <laughs> was a little bit of a shock. I think that was a weird thing about last night. Is it making us all pissed off at stray? <laughs> game, game we're all positive on. <laughs> yeah, it does turn you into like a villain, which I don't really like that arc for myself in stray because I love that game and it's great. Um, I will say, seeing it on screen, I'm like, hey, the cat's real good, so that's why. But yeah, yeah, cat, cat, good, and also the game is great, genuinely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of my favorites of the year for sure, but. Yeah, admittedly, I think in a lot of those categories, I would I would and did pick something different, you know, Um, but it doesn't shock me because I feel like that is representative of the general pulse of the industry, which at the end of the day, that's what the the stuff amounts to with votes. I think it's also like the fact that Stray hit right when the PS Plus overhaul happened and it's like it came free with that. Like it seems like everyone in the industry. But it was in the second tier, though. It was. Yeah. You had to pay extra for that. But it seems like everyone maybe in the industry was like trying the new PS Plus and maybe they upped their tier or I mean also PlayStation probably gave out I believe they did give out a lot of like free trials to the PlayStation premium experience so it seems like everybody extra experience. Yeah, whatever, whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, thank Stray, you. Stray was also a game, if I remember correctly, I don't think there was a lot that came out around it, and it wasn't yeah. super long, yeah. so it was like yep. an easy yes. recommendation. Yep. You yep. Know? Absolutely, it's like everything worked for it, and people love people cats. But cats. it's not just, you know, the press, I mean, what, it's like overwhelmingly positive on Steam? The point is, we yeah. nothing, nothing against Stray. It's just, it was surprising to see it take those two categories. Well, I think they have that, they have that emotional appeal, um, and the, like the the premise is intriguing, and then they actually delivered on that premise, which I think is I think that combination is really the secret sauce yeah. of them having so much acclaim in so many sectors. Even if in a lot of ways, I think Tunic is probably a better game, even though it's less yeah. fun to play, maybe than Stray. You know, but like well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's straightforward. Yeah, uh, that's fighting for multiverses surprised me, but. That's not a fighting game. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it was free. So yeah, I think a lot of people tried it and was like, oh, this is better than I thought. Maybe that's all it takes for having an entire industry say, yeah, better than I thought. Uh, <laughs> game of the year. Miyazaki went up there. Uh, he ran- <laughs> Miyazaki literally high-fived people on his way up to the stage, which for someone who is adamant that he does not ever want to be on camera and never take attention away from the game. The idea of him high-fiving people was incredible. As he went up there, they accepted the award. It was wonderful. And the entire time we said, who is that kid standing behind them? He doesn't seem like he's on the Elden Ring team. (laughs) Uh, And then they were walking off stage and the kid grabbed the microphone Ugh, and said, I want to nominate this award for my reformed Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. And the crowd politely applauded, which is the <laughs> no part. No one that- knew what to do. Like, I don't fault anyone. I mean, Miyazaki was like, those four guys, like, they don't know. Like, what do you do? No, you exactly. <laughs> and I'm sure even they're like, oh, I, I assume they thought like this is probably somebody f- with the game award somehow. And the game awards probably thought like, oh, is that person on the from team? Maybe. Who knows? But just this little piece of S uh, child. I don't know. He's probably <laughs> young 20s. I don't know how old this kid was, but he's somehow he just like two walked, years old. Yeah, probably. <laughs> This stupid two year old. <laughs> yeah. Just walked up on the stage <laughs> no, and just stood behind 15. him. 15. Okay. Uh, real? I, yeah, Jason Schreier has a tweet that got sent on Slack, uh, our Slacks. It says, uh, just spoke to the guy who interrupted the Game Awards. He says his name is Matan and that he's 15 years old. Also, the info comes from him, so I guess he could lie about his age. Um, some thought his speech was an anti-Semitic dog whistle, but he's almost certainly a Jewish prankster. He understood a question I asked in Hebrew, and then he pretended that he did not. 
wait, so Schreier asked him a question in Hebrew as like a test to see what a bizarre thing. It just, I hated it. It made me feel so horrific. Like Leo, I swear to God, I couldn't get to sleep last night because I was just working through all of my emotions (laughs) about this. And like the idea of, Oh, like he was well within murdering distance. That's I think that's the thing is like you're watching. He, this. he was arrested. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 The um, thing is, though, I mean, obviously we need to be uh, responsible with how we talk about it because he right. did it for attention. Yes. And I yeah. can't imagine any length of jail time or if he's 15, you know, it's not gonna be jail time. Any type of punishment that won't be worth him attaining meme status you know right i think that's where kids brains are at sometimes i think that's the thing is like people like memeing it so hard as if it was you know uh joseph harris saying f the oscars like the fact that it kind of like took that vibe was like guys i don't internet i think this is a bad call i don't think we should be celebrating this or joking about it in a big way it just feels so gross and also just like yeah it just it, it makes me scared for the safety of these developers that like just some random person can get up there and slightly ruin Miyazaki and the team's moment, like for creating this incredible game like Elden Ring. I just, oh, it just makes me feel so gross. Oh, yeah. I felt really bad for the Elden Ring folks specifically. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what everyone left the show with at that point. Was right. Like, what was that? You yeah. Know, I mean, more and, than like, oh, Elden mm-hmm. Ring, you know, Janet, I mean, after party wise or just at the show, how did that, how did the room react to that? Um, well, the thing is, in, at the moment, a lot of us couldn't hear what he said. Mm. Like, I only heard like the beginning. So when you called me and you're like, Oh, something about Bill Clinton. I like didn't know what you were talking about. I just rolled with whatever you were saying. I was right. like, okay, like I, I, I didn't hear any of that. I had to look like I saw online what he said. Like huh. I could not hear it. I don't think anyone could hear what he said. Um, which in a sense is kind of good, right? It's like you know, wasn't the point. But um, yeah, it was just weird because I personally didn't perceive that he was there, and then I was kind yeah. of like already working to grab my stuff, so I wasn't even like. Yeah, they were walking off. So I right, wasn't even like right. looking at the stage. Then I like hear this kid talk and I'm like, oh, well, what was that? And then we kind of left um, for the conversations afterwards. Like, you know, people were talking about it a little bit. Um, definitely wasn't the bulk of the conversations I had after at, at the after party. I think people were still just talking about the show and, you know, getting to know each other and like catching up. But yeah, all okay. the stuff I heard, it was people being like, oh, yeah, like that was wild. Like it kind of sucked that it happened. Um, when I was in the bathroom, like the line for the bathroom, um, this woman had said, oh yeah, like, I'm glad that the the security just kind of walked up and kind of like put their hand on him and then just kind of walked him off. Like, I'm glad it wasn't, they didn't make a big thing about it. And then they said, like, if they would have tackled them, I would have started freaking out. And one, I think that's true. But two, I told the story to my family when I got back, my brother's like, where is this person from that that would have like freaked them out? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I get it. Like, it's scary. It can be scary, right? Like, of course, yeah. Someone that's not supposed to be there. And, you know, unfortunately, especially I think in the United States, statistically, we've seen so many horrific things happen at public events that. And it feels like it's a really I think everyone's. Yeah, it's like on the uptake too of just like people charging the stage type of stuff. And it's like, God, it just it's like yeah. dude, it just go from like a feeling of complete safety and comfort watching that stream and everything silly. And like we were Leo, we spent three hours making jokes about Janet charging the stage. Like Janet, we, yeah, just, we just true. kept joking about that. And even like, you know, the best joke of the night, Leo, please take it away. Uh, re- retell the best joke of the night from the Oh, when the lady from Knives Out came out and said, uh, there's a murderer in the crowd tonight. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And to Reggie, that was so funny. Yeah. And like when they first got to Kyle Bossman, which is like impeccable, impeccable. And then it's just 
now even that in retrospect makes me feel gross. And I know this kid isn't a murderer, but still just like that feeling of like they can only make a joke like there's a murder in this building because everyone is feeling so safe and comfortable, you know, and now just to have that all shattered because some weirdo could just barge on stage. Oh, oh, I hate it. Yeah. I do wonder how this will change like future game awards, especially yeah. in person. Like, will that will it be open to the public? Will there be more intensive security? Will you not be able to get up to go to the bathroom at all? You know, like I don't I don't know how this will like change that experience. Um, but you know, I was talking to like my family about it like afterwards, and my brother's like, Yeah, that's why like maybe it, it probably shouldn't be open to the public in a lot of senses. And mm -hmm. I did like it for from an audience perspective, but he did astutely point out that every other award show, it's industry to industry. Like it's for the industry, the industry's there. It's not there aren't like BTS fans at the Grammys or something, you yeah. know, <laughs> Taylor Swift stands at the Grammys. Now again, not that that stops you from crazy stuff happening. I mean, we saw like the Kanye West moment, the Will Smith moment. Like we've seen outlandish, unplanned things happen yeah. at those award shows as well. But I don't know. It's definitely something to 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 think about. Um yeah. and just yeah, the idea of like Keely having one of the best shows of his career and not like, you know. But I, I feel bad for Jeff Keighley, sincerely, in that moment. Like, of all you the things tell. to worry about and stress about, now it's like, oh, the thing that I haven't, haven't thought of for a while was just like, what if someone barges on the stage? It's the last thing you'd think of. Oh, God. You could tell that it, like, it shook him. him up a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. The way he delivered his next line, which, you know, it, that's it's so tough to maintain composure. I think he did the best he could, and he was yep. Yep. almost seamless. But you could tell that he was kind of like, uh, uh, you know, and that that's just so rough. Like, just for everybody involved, like, all the people working the event, like they worked so hard to make sure that like people weren't in the background for shots yeah, and like, yeah. you know, managing the crowd. So anyway, we probably talked about it yep, in a I sense for right. too long, but I do think that it, it was unfortunate. And I just, you know, it's frustrating for many reasons. You know, the developers, I think trying to like move the industry forward in a big way and like yep. celebrate the stuff. And it just kind of like adds to the, you know, there's a big conversation around like wanting games to be taken more seriously and wanting to have like these prestige moments. And then it's like, of course, at a gaming event, you'd have like some random troll because is that not yeah. the culture of gaming? Yeah. Like, and that, yeah. that sucks, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. On a lighter note, Leo said that the Game Awards main theme is the most memorable song he's ever heard in his life and he can recall it any second of any day. So, Leo, take it away, please. <laughs> oh, damn, I was confident when I said that. <laughs> he was so confident. Oh, hey, that's it! Good job, Jeff Keeley. You wormed your way into Leo's brain. Uh, hey, let's have a good time, y'all. Let's talk about the one thing that matters. <laughs> All right, yeah, we got it, we got it. <laughs> John Williams, everybody. Uh, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Let's get out of this right. Game Awards stuff. Um, this is uh, the big remaster of the old PSP beloved game starring Zach Fair, everybody's favorite character. Kyle, you, you played this thing. You finished it. I did. That's I amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What'd you think of Crisis Core? Did you ever play the original? Uh, no. I was okay. trying to rack my brain if maybe I had started it because like there weren't a lot of like PSP games and I like the PSP, but no, I don't, I don't think I ever even started it. No. Okay. But I, I knew of its reputation as being like the better Final Fantasy VII spinoff, right? Like, it's always yeah. been kind of considered, like, probably the best of of not mainline games. Yeah. Outside of Dirge of Cerberus, absolutely. But I think it has, like, I think it has a very, it's right. held Just in high esteem. clear, because I'm genuinely not sure. You're being sarcastic. Right? <laughs> yeah, that game is trash. Yeah, okay, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Check out our stream. We played through the entire thing. But, like, gameplay for Crisis Core, like, it has its defenders. It's, it's all right. At least I'm curious to hear what you think. But then, like, the reason I think it's really beloved is the ending 
and I guess we won't spoil the ending, but spoilers to Final Fantasy VII are such a confusing thing at this point. Um, yeah. But the ending for Crisis Core is always like, oof, it's so, it's so well done. Um, yeah, and, and so, that was the, the highlight for sure. Yeah, um, like the combat is is pretty straightforward. It's fine. Is like how I would describe it, right? It's like it looks like Final Fantasy VII remake now. Right. It, it doesn't play like it, but it looks like it, which is like that's great like mm -hmm. it's it feels more in line they changed to like a lot of the ui it was it was interesting starting the game because i was i really was like oh this it feels like i'm playing final fantasy 7 remake just just through looking through the menus and stuff like that yeah and then when you dive a little deeper and actually get into the combat it's like oh this is different but like it still does a good job of like looking nice and feeling good when you hit stuff with your sword and execute magic does it attacks, still have is it's like all roulette wheel based still yeah yeah okay. so like that will just randomly award you bonuses and stuff which yeah. is like it's nice it's like oh that's cool to get a bonus but it also completely eliminates any opportunity for strategy or sort of tactical approach to combat because it's like well i hope i get ifrit this time oh i died yeah. well let me try again oh i just happened to get a bunch of health that time all right cool i, I guess i'll beat the boss that way yeah. but uh yeah and then the, and then the, the story like the, the it's like that stuttered like kingdom hearts pacing of dialogue where it's yeah. like people speak so slow and move so slowly and there's so many gaps in them talking that it, it i just wish there was like a fast forward button but all that to say and like the story leading up to the ending is like i i, I didn't really get super engaged with it i was kind of confused like it, it assumes that Angel. you know a lot about the final fantasy 7 universe people it, have wings for some reason it's yeah i mean if you hadn't finished the original final fantasy 7 like it'd yeah. be a confusing one to jump in well i'd be you'd be less yeah, invested I mean, but it's it kind wasn't, of i wasn't like totally lost having mainly yeah. my main interaction being the remake part one right but um it was it, there's just like little confusions you know which which you can blow past and then and then the ending is very good it's unchanged from the original i thought okay. maybe they might tweak it uh um for for you know for this remaster or remake or whatever you want to call right. it but like i beat it and then i went and like looked up the psp ending to like double check Mm. And it is consistent. It is the same. And it's very good. And I like the ending. Leo, if I could walk through what's happening with this. Try. Okay. It's so weird at this point for Crisis Score to come out again. Because Final Fantasy VII, there's, it's like the best game ever. I don't know if, you, if you've really given it much time. But it sounds it's great. Like, it's like number one. Anyway, so like that game goes, uh, you start as Cloud. In the middle-ish of that game, you get flashbacks and it's about this other character named Zack. Um, then in Final Fantasy VII Remake, Zack is involved in a way that he shouldn't be, and it is very confusing, and now this game is the prequel that is kind of expanding in a big way, and then some on like those flashbacks from Final Fantasy VII, but now like because Remake is like this whirlwind of lore chaos it's like well what role does this remaster have and the answer is i guess it's just playing it straight and yeah read into it how Still you will canon Weird. to the original playstation game I think. right right yeah. um bizarre janet i know you you were hot on it in the preview you think you're gonna play crisis core yeah i'd like to okay. um, obviously it's always a busy time all the time so i'm not like quite sure when i'm gonna make time to like uh, check it out in its entirety, but I, I enjoyed the gameplay of it. Yeah. Um, I do think, to Kyle's point, there is definitely a simplicity there that maybe isn't the most compelling thing in the world, but I really did enjoy the general flow of it. I think the roulette system was fun. Yeah. Um, narratively, I'm not too worried because 
I don't know. I never know what's going on in these games. You're kinda, sure. You're, you'll pick it up as I go along um, at this point with Final Fantasy. Um, but yeah, someone that started, I guess, with the remake, I'm kind of down for this new old era that's new again of Final Fantasy. Don't really know what's going on generally, if I'm, if I'm being yeah, honest, but I'm fine. here that's and fine. I'm having a good time. Uh, people watching us live right now, Kyler, are asking if you, you know anything about the Switch performance. I don't. No, I played it on PlayStation 5. Okay. Uh, I have not touched the Switch version. It seems... I mean... I hope optimistically, it seems like it would work on Switch. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> it looks sharp, but it's like, like a portable should. PSP game. You know, uh, you say that. Uh, I mean, yeah, remember, right. you remember, uh, there's a thousand instances where that just falls apart. But yeah, it's coming out uh, December 13th on Tuesday. And a reminder: um, if you're in the MinMax Discord, which you've access to if you support us any tier on uh, Patreon, they're having a whole game club for Crisis Core within the Discord in the JRPG Game Club channel. So check that out. We're not doing the deepest dive on it. I apologize, everybody, but you can simulate the deepest dive with the community. By jumping in that Discord and talking to a bunch of nice folks. Um, uh, read my review on GameInformer.com. Oh, look at that. Hey, look at you. 7.5? I'm not going to share the score on MinMax. You got to go check out the website. You'll never guess <laughs> yeah, what it 7. is. <laughs> uh, Janet, Need for Speed Unbound came out. A new Need for Speed game, everybody. Uh, and they just kind of revealed it months ago and then said, drop it in December. Whatever. Um, and it feels like... I, who knows about marketing budgets? I assume somebody at EA does, but it feels like it was not given so. a big push within EA marketing-wise. And then I jumped into it, and I was like, I like this game. It's and, so good. Okay, all right. I'm glad you're on the same page. How much have you played at this point? I've still only played like four, not four hours, like okay. two or three hours or so. I played okay. it like on my stream for just kind of a preview kind of situation. Yeah. Spent a lot of time. Customizing my character, so. I see, I see. Um, yeah, are you a Need for Speed person in general? Yeah, um, I, apparently something that people don't really know, which is fair, because it doesn't come up very often. Uh, yeah, I loved, like, street racing games. I played a bunch of Need for Speed growing up. Mm. Midnight Club 3 Dub Editions, one of my favorite games from my childhood. There you go. Um, I, you know, I roll with Blur. Like, what was that PS3 game? That's, that's kinda, right. It's mid in some ways, but it's so good. No, no, like, no. Like, Mario Kart yeah. in real life, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is totally up my alley. Like, also, I, also, it's taking place in Chicago. Yes. Um, even though I'm like, it took me a second to realize it was Chicago. It's called Lake, you know, the city's called Lake Shore, you know, right, Lake right. Shore Drive. But I'm like, if it's Chicago, why are there turns? Because like, every, Chicago's a grid system city. Mm. Like, there's one, there's two diagonal streets. Everything else is a grid. <laughs> but obviously, that would be very boring yes. to drive on. So I get, I get the creative liberties there. Yeah, yeah. But the big thing, Kyle, and have you seen much of this, Kyle? Need for Speed Unbound. I think I did a trailer with some cool art, that, like graffiti. And that stuff. is the That's big cool. thing for this game. Like I think the the driving solid. I've been enjoying my time with it. It's a Need for Speed story, but it's not embarrassing from what I've played so far. Like his moments are like I kind of like these performances actually. Like, they're not bad. Um, but the big thing is it's a Need for Speed game that seems to be inspired by like Into the Spider Verse. A little bit of like Mitchell's oh. versus the machines. Just having like a layer of like art on top of it. Like you know when you. Uh, hit the Nas and go boosting like it or go in the air. It'll like draw like angel wings real quick or like you make a sharp turn and like just kind of like cool lines it visually. It's really awesome. And it's a good way to get attention for the need for speed series, which has had some real ups and downs lately. Uh, but that's like, that's the biggest takeaway. I think is it's worth seeing gameplay of this thing just to see how they're trying to reinvent what this thing is visually. And then the characters themselves, yeah, early on, the leak was saying that they're an anime look, but it's more just kind of 
how would you describe it, Janet? It's not. I mean, it's animated. Animated. But like, yeah. I, I don't think it's like anime in like the Japanese stylistic sense, you know? Of like, right. When you think of when you think of like Dragon Ball Z or like Naruto or like that kind. Obviously, there's lots of different anime styles, so I also don't want to lump everything as the very few bits of anime I watched as a kid. Right. Um, but it has more of like a. I think the Into the Spider Verse comparison is a little bit more apt in terms of the stylization with kind of thick lines uh like the line art is kind of one of the defining characteristics uh, along with some like really vibrant use of color and it's it's fun because it's just the um the characters and that kind of additional layering that you described hansen of when you're driving because the cars themselves look you know mostly realistic it's it's not as realistic as like forza horizon but in, in terms of fidelity but they generally have a realistic look so it's like a realistic car but inside is like this cartoon character um it's got so much style to it and i think that's so important in a street racing game like at the end of the day like that's the the fantasy that you're being sold in that you know it's always people always talk about like the power fantasy of games is that you are cool (laughs) that is what need for speed sells and it offers that so well um for the freaking clothing customization there's real life brands here Mm. you know i can wear like God, what am I wearing? I'm wearing like um, a Versace bralette and I have like this like $1,000 coat that I could never buy in real life. And they're all like actual brands. Like they have like, I don't know if Adidas is in there, but like they have like a couple like casual and then a couple high end fashion like brands in there. And like from the jump, you can like buy a bunch of stuff that like that might doesn't carry over, which I wish I knew because I would have bought more clothes. Um, But yeah, you can start with a, a Lambo from the jump if you want to. Like this game is so cool looking and so fun. There's yeah. a bunch of licensed music, which I know when I tried to upload a video to YouTube and it got flagged by like 80 <laughs> yeah. different companies. Uh, don't do it. Um, I think they snapped on this. I feel like, I don't want to say Need for Speed is back because that's maybe a little bit too ambitious for a singular title. Yeah, we need to spend more time but with it is, too. Yeah. But this is like what people have been waiting for. You know, Need for Speed hasn't really been hot since like, I don't know, maybe Most I mean, Wanted Underground was hot. Yeah, Most Wanted. Like the, the reboot Most of Most Wanted, wanted I feel like is the last one that seemed like it was beloved and that was criterion so then they made ghost yeah. games not ghost story games that's the ken levine thing but ghost games and then they were developing need for speed for a long time and now this is the first one going back to criterion so it's nice that uh well the first one since rivals that they went back to criterion so it's nice that they really knocked out of the park seemingly based on early impressions but it seems like reviewers too that have spent more time with it are like oh hey way to go need for speed so i'm uh, mirroring that tone pass, as well like that ea Yes, yes. It is? Through EA Play, you can do a 10-hour trial of the game. Um, and I think one of my favorite aspects of it so far, you know, in those early hours of it is, and I'm, I'm going to forget the names of the systems, but essentially they have this, like, enhance, and if you remember the names, like, please jump in with them. I but might. there's this uh, system of getting additional boosts. Like, you have your nitrous boost, but you can also have, like, another boost. Again, forgot the name for it. But the way you build up that meter is by doing, like, one of like maybe like five things or something and stuff Mm. like drifting it's stuff like you can draft which is like so convenient because i'm like honestly i'm not that great at hitting the drift but i can definitely like roll up behind somebody and build up my points that way and then you have a limited time to use that boost or it goes away same for like airtime i think also fills that meter so i feel like they really have constructed a gameplay mechanic that leans into teaching you how to lean into those driving skills, um, which I really mm-hmm. appreciate. Um, yeah, I love that aspect of it. It just kind of gives you more to do. And then while you're racing, something that I also think is very cool is there's like a little bit of like smack talk between the drivers. Like right. you'll bump into somebody and then there'll be like, 
whoa, so you're just going to run me off the road and you're like, say something back. So it's got like, again, it has like a swag that I haven't really felt since stuff like, you know, akin to like that NBA street style of oh, flavor. Interesting comparison. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It's really good. Yeah. The, um, yeah, it's just weird to go from a, a game that I really love, like Forza Horizon 5, where they're just like, what'll make you happy? Well, let's just throw cars at you, whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. And they have this, be like, oh, I actually need to like slowly build up and add to my garage and get more cars and care about customization. You know, it's it's a more methodical, but still open world racer. So yeah, people in the chat are like, oh, don't forget about Need for Speed Heat in 2019, which to be fair, I, I did not play... I don't know if I even he touched okay. Heat. Uh, it seemed like it like it reviewed all right. Um, it was kind of like the start of kind of the revival of Need for Speed. But I think everyone just remembers kind of the dark days of Need for Speed The Run and Payback, hey. which was a really... Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, the dark days... Need uh, for Speed The Run was honestly, I enjoyed that a lot. Did you really? Yeah. it's It was like you're going across the country, and so there were no laps or anything. Each race was like one leg across right. the nation, and you had to pass like a certain number of cars through that. I think everyone just remembers it, like the like parkour. You and you make your way through like 120 total places or whatever. Oh, funny. Yeah, I, mean, I think everyone just remembers like the parkour and be like, what the hell? It's like a mirror's edge, Need for Speed. What is this? But then like Payback was, was really bad in like that... Uh, the free-to-play stuff or like the was it loot boxes Need for Speed Payback that everybody hated and the reboot yeah. didn't exactly hit yeah. it so it's kind of it's had a weird rocky patch for a while now but uh, the heat system Janet you're saying oh yeah I was just going to say the heat system is present in this game which mm. I, I believe that was established in Need for Speed Heat right. um, I only put a little bit of heat it, it just didn't it did not compel me to play more in my time while no. the few hours I've spent with Unbound already I'm like wow this game is really really awesome uh and i'm really having fun with it so we'll yeah. see where it shakes out yeah for sure by the end of the year uh pentiment leo this is the obsidian you could call it an rpg but it's more like an adventure game that's taking place in germany in the 1500s it's an adventure game without puzzles though i mean there's a couple yeah. hidden there but mm. it's just it's just like a story you live in yeah that's how i describe it yeah, what do you think of pentiment after spending more time with it here I uh, I really love it. I, I was put off a little bit by its historical place and feeling like maybe I was out of my element, it, it being a, a bit more wordy and smart guy-y right. than I typically consume. <laughs> but I kept giving it more time and I kept getting pulled deeper and deeper into it. It's a really good balance of like, yeah, these characters are honoring the time they're in and being authentic to that, but it's written in a very readable way and the characters you get what makes them tick. It's not like overly prosaic in a way that some old books I try to read are. Yeah. It's like, yeah, these are human beings and I understand my place here and I understand what matters to everybody. And the thrill of Pentiment is just making decisions and seeing that ripple throughout the years as you're kind of living this character's life or what's like, give me peak Pentiment gameplay. Yeah. There's a decision I made that I'm like, losing sleep over that I'm reckoning with an impossible decision and it's not what it's all about but those are in there and those do have a serious impact and it, it is and the impact to the point where every conversation I have with everybody else it has that little extra tension especially when it pops up like this will be remembered this will matter later for either a decision you make or a check you're running on like can you convince this person of this right you know it's stuff that's all gameplay systems that are kind of hidden from you and all you're doing is just picking dialogue, yet it all matters. I think it's really cool to not overly gamify it, to just have it be this uh, curated experience. What, what's it, what are the checks based on if you're not leveling things up? It literally says you introduced yourself uh, politely. 
you didn't push back when they said this. All these things that are either give you a better chance or a worse chance for this particular check. Okay. And you go like, yeah, I did bone this entire conversation and now this person is not going to be on board for this. I love it. Yeah, there's definitely a, a, a love fan base building for Pentiment of people being like, don't sleep on it for Game of the Year stuff, Pentiment. And it's like 15, 20 hours, something like that, I guess. But you feel like you're going to stick with it, Leo? I am. It's a staggeringly beautiful world that just gets more beautiful the more time I put into it. Like yeah. the sense of place is really, really incredible. Huh. So a little bit of reading, but you don't need to be a super smart old guy to enjoy it. Certainly not. Oh, that's awesome. Pentiment, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to go back to it. Um, hey, Leo, do Hi. you do you know how this whole thing operates? Oh, won't you please tell me? I will. And it's patreon.com slash minmax, everybody. Oh, Jump in there. Again. Patreon.com slash minmax, please. Yay. There's links below. We put the links everywhere, hoping that you'll click on them at some point in your life. Uh, so please check that out. Find the benefit tier that's right for you. Help us hit our holiday goal because it expires end of the month. So if you enjoyed MinMax's Min content uh, this year, you can jump in there even at the $2 tier. Compete in the next episode of Trivia Tower, which is going to be coming up uh, very soon and unlock a bunch more benefits. But we want to send out a special thank you to some of our bigger supporters, people like Omaha Steaks, everybody. Kyle, don't you just want some steaks shipped to your damn house? It sounds fantastic. Well, that's what Omaha Steaks are all about. Uh, send you a box. It is delightful to crack those suckers open. Uh, but it's not just steaks. There's more than that. They send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Uh, yeah, I had a bunch of folks over for Survivor just to really geek out a while ago, of course, which I do every single week, and uh, cooked up those burgers people said yum yum they ate them up uh and omaha steaks to the holidays are here achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged tender delicious omaha steaks my stomach's rumbling just reading about these steaks because i know what they taste like uh omaha steaks is a gift from the heart a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite order with complete confidence today knowing you're ordering the very best visit omahasteaks.com 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code MINMAX at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required, but that is omahasteaks.com. Use the promo code MINMAX to get an extra $30 off your order, but everything's already 50% off on that site. So, you know, you're wondering what to get somebody for Christmas? Who's going to argue with just a bunch of delicious steaks arriving at their door? That seems like a good deal. So links below if you want to check that out. Also, thank you to our dear friends at I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know about a musical story, the vinyl soundtrack to the game that released earlier this year with a great soundtrack. Uh, the music is by Charles Barden and Valentin Duclos. Check it out at I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store. Truly one of the coolest sites on the internet. Uh, stores on the internet might be a more appropriate way to put that. So go to I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store if you're buying a gift for yourself or for a geeky loved one this holiday season. Check out I Am 8-Bit because they've been big supporters of ours. And and you can get 10% off everything in the store under $100 by using the promo code WETBANDITS. All one word. WETBANDITS, everybody. Please check that out. Help support I Am 8-Bit because they support us in a big way by shipping out a prize uh, to somebody from the MinMax community each and every week. Whoever submits the best question, our absolute favorite question over there on Patreon, they will win a prize. This week, it is a copy of Spinch on Switch. The game Spinch on Switch, everybody. We're I, not 
we, we're live. We can't bleep out cuss words. <laughs> but I mean, they actually ship out a physical Switch game. They ship out a prize each and every week. They're very good. So help support them. Wet Bandits is the promo code there that you can use to get 10% off. All right. Here we go, everybody. Remember these questions like your life depends on it because Spinch's life depends on it. Here we go. Pelican Man. Hey, Pelican Man writes in and says, what's the worst section there's ever been in an otherwise genuinely great game? For reference, I'm replaying Spider-Man and going through some of these stealth missions really inspired this question. <laughs> was that what we were all thinking? <laughs> stealth like, from Spider-Man. the first thought that came to my mind. <laughs> say, the one that I came to mind is because it was such a, a thing that everyone says about the game is like the worst section of an otherwise great game is like the first like four or five hours of Kingdom Hearts 2, which is like absurd. Kingdom Hearts that, 2. Like, yeah, because it's, it's so rough and slow at the beginning. And then it like builds to the end to be like this like fantastic ending that I really like. But yeah. um, it's like the thing that it's like, oh, maybe I should maybe I should go back to Kingdom Hearts 2 and, and see how that game holds up. And then it's like, Ugh, I don't want to play the beginning again. Is it just like one that. world that really sucks or what's the idea? You're playing as you're not playing as Sora. You're playing as Roxas and you're just like hanging out with friends in this town. That's not Disney themed at all. Oh, and oh. you have to do jobs and stuff like that. And like the characters just yeah, they become more interesting later, but it's just it's just a slow start. It's rough. Yeah. Um, I immediately thought of the stealth sections in Spider-Man. No, I, re- I immediately thought of Yoshi's Island, one of my favorite games of all time. And every time I think about going and playing Yoshi's Island, I always remember like, oh, but there's that level later on called the Deep Underground Maze. I hate that level with all of my heart. No one likes a maze in any game ever. And that game in particular is such a delight. And there's like shorter underground sections earlier, which are fine. But then just to like go all in, I think in like the fifth world and just make this elaborate underground disaster. The music's good. That was, but that was a level where maps were drawn in my yes. house. Yes. To yep. complete that level. Yep. Yeah. It's needed. Anybody else have one? Resident Evil 7, when you get from the house and you're on like the boat. Okay. Mm. I didn't like anything about that. Mm. That was like a big chunk of the game. But the rest of the game was so good that no one cares, which is kind of nice. Yeah, even like Resident Evil 4, some people are like, oh, that castle really drags. But even that's like, yeah, the rest of the game's so good. What are you going to do? You can't knock it that much. Leo, do you only play good stuff? <laughs> no, I was only thinking of Spider-Man. I don't yeah. know why they didn't just cut those segments out. There's some Sony mandate that you have to play as the secondary character at some point. <laughs> Variety. Because you can only play as the super fun character to play as for so long before you'll hate his swinging abilities, you know? <laughs> uh, Rabid Lime writes in and says, Cohorts et al. What is that Latin for? Leo, can you look up et al? What is that? Um, et cetera? Yeah, I, I, assume, so. I assume it's related to et cetera. That's also Latin, right? But what is et? And others. Mean? And others. It's a Latin phrase. So et means and? And et cetera is... Can you look up the etymology of et cetera? And then can you Google good Christmas gifts for Leo because I want you to have a good time. <laughs> and then can you use it in a sentence? Right. <laughs> and et cetera from Latin and the rest of the things or and the other things. <laughs> and the rest of the things is a funnier way to put it. Uh, anyways, Rabbit Lime says cohorts, etc. Uh, in my LAN, uh, a friend proposed we play a game he absolutely loves. Normally we have similar tastes and play something we all enjoy together, but his suggestion totally flopped. All of us hated the game not just disliked it but actively hated it not only that but he said to give it a few hours before it got fun so we ended up going past the playtime limit to return it on steam uh maybe don't mention it on air i don't want to put the game on blast but it's called barotrauma 
Uh, oh. Do you know that game, Leo? I It's been on my wish list forever. It looks interesting. Okay. Well, maybe you'd love it. Um, but the Rabbit Lime is asking, have you ever had a game that you were excited to introduce people to that no one enjoyed or didn't land as you expected? My answer, Rabbit Lime says, is Streets of Rogue. I'm sorry, Leo. I'm sorry. No, I've had the same experience. Really? Some people just don't aren't with it. Yeah, they don't see the truth. Is anybody got? I a have good a one? very distinct memory of working at GameStop, and there was this regular customer that I would talk to a lot, and oh, he, no. we seemed to have comparable tastes. And I was like, "You got to play Shadow of the Colossus. Like, you have you have to play Shadow of the Colossus. It's one of the best games ever made. It's fantastic." And two days later, he came back and returned it, and I just always. Weirdly felt terrible. Like did I was you like, the return? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I did the return. Did you guys talk yeah. about it? Yeah, I talked to him about it and he was just like, Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like it. And I was just like crestfallen. And I still remember it to this day. I was like, How could you not like Shadow of the Closet? <laughs> you are wrong. I'm sorry. You are wrong. Janet, I know you're biting your tongue. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Now that you pointed out, it just makes me want to talk about it. <laughs> We're good. It's dusty. We get it. We know. Uh yeah, what stands out for you, Janet? Um, this show, like, I don't know. I mean, I think anytime I've been fortunate that people have not tweeted at me to tell me my failures, like the ways that I failed them, because I'm sure people are playing games I recommend and being like, I don't like this. And Mm. they just keep it to themselves. And I appreciate that because y'all hit me up when you play a game that that you end up liking a game that I recommend. And I like that. But I know there's another side of the coin that you're shielding me from. I think for me. Um, little things here and there. Um, chicory, you know, my boyfriend didn't like chicory. That yeah. was that was kind of an L. Um, there's a game he played. Oh, he tried. Um, there was a game he tried, and then he like deleted it immediately. What game was that, Isaiah? It was like two days ago, and it was oh, serial cleaners. Which admittedly is not the hottest game in the world, but I enjoyed it. It's like you're cleaning up a crime scene. It's a little stealthy. He didn't get past the opening, like, like. Not cutscene because it's like you're walking around in it. Yeah. But I'm like, you haven't played a level yet, and he's like, I can see what this is because that's like tutorialization. Right. He's like, no, I see what it is, and it's not for me. And and just the way that he like, and then the, that was like a day he was going through like all my wrecks. So I'm like, right. I can't, I can't do this. It's like that hitting a roller drum, which hit a little bit better, but didn't quite land. It was rough. I get it. it was a, it's a it's a rough time in my house a lot of the times. I get it too. Like yeah, my okay. my wife really likes puzzle games, but like competitive mm-hmm. puzzle games and stuff. And so I've tried so many where I'm like, "All right, this is going to be it. This is going to be sweet. We're really going to get into this." Like stuff like The Witness, and it's like, "Eh, not so much." Like Portal, "Eh, not so much." It's like, "Okay, if the control is too complicated, it's a no-go." <sighs> and like, "God bless my wife. Love her dearly." I was talking to her a while ago about the yeah, Mar- the Mario movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and just like, yeah, Chris Pratt is crazy. It's in it. Everyone's angry. Look at this trailer, this everything. And so this morning I was working with her on the couch and, <laughs> and I pulled up that clip from the Mari movie and I was like, Hey, watch this. I just wanted to see her reaction. We watched it together and finished the clip. And then she goes, what is this? <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, what do you think it is? Answer that? Like it's Chris Pratt as Mario. Like, what? like okay, this is the funniest reaction what you could possibly this? get. This. Like, what am I looking at here? It's like, I thought it's very clear what this is. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Fred DeNovo writes in and says, God of War 2018, Prey 2017, Hitman 2016. At what point do we agree that rather than referring to the more recent games by their year, we should instead only make the determination when we're talking about the original? Like we should just say God of War 2005, Prey 2006, Hitman 2000. Think of the time saved outside of the rare instance you are actually talking about the original Hitman rather than the first game in the recent trilogy. I propose this change, similar to the recent declaration of just calling them rogue games. Oh, yeah, like Hades 2, the new oh, rogue okay. game. 
Um, man, I like it. I like, like this. I like this, Fred. It's, it's not fair to the legacy of the originals, though. Like, but how often are we talking about God of War 2005 versus God of War 2018? Not enough. We should talk about it more. <laughs> but I sure. mean, God, God of War, the original, I'm not going to attach the year, like, is the one that established the name and started it. It deserves to be called God of War without any asterisks. Because it's... It's the beginning. It's the starting line. I think whichever the follow-up is the one that has the asterisk because it's, a, cause it's building off the original. So yeah, isn't it? We should just base it off of sales. Whichever game has the same name huh. and it has more sales, that is That's the healthy. default. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it, I agree. There should be some respect there, but it's interesting. It's like they've they've soft rebooted it. They want this to be it right now. Yeah. This is the God of War we're talking about. Yeah, it's their fault. God of War of our culture at the moment. Like, do you ever say Hitman 2016, Leo? Or are you just... I have never... I don't think I ever, ever have. I Good. think people would be surprised if I revealed I'd been talking about this original Hitman <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> they made new ones? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's interesting, Fred. Uh, I'll take it under consideration. I'm, I'm all for it. Also, but also, if I may, Fred, I, I am very into, to an uncomfortable degree, I don't really know what this is, but I love remembering the years things came out. So I kind of like this as a way it's to a remind sickness. myself. It is a sickness. But I like it as a way to remind myself, like, oh, Hitman 2016, of course. You know, like, so it helps with trivia. So maybe it's worth it. Um, Mast Maller 9 says, hello, Minmax Sotans. That's us. Um, I enjoyed, as always, the almost end of the year best game discussion on last week's podcast. What kinds of sounds or music do you have going on while you're at work? My guess... All y'all's work days look really different from one another. I'm sure music uh, and especially podcasts would be really disruptive for video editing, for example. But maybe there are other tasks that leave your mind free enough to enjoy some good listening. Yeah, it's a... Every once in a while, if I'm collecting questions or going for, like, deepest dive stuff, uh, collecting those comments, I'll listen to, like, some game music. Um, I'll listen to, like, music from the game for the deepest dive when I'm spending hours going through all those comments and stuff. It's hardcore. It is hardcore. Does it put you in the the mind space? It gets me more pumped. Absolutely. Um, but then, especially with that, you know, God of War Ragnarok soundtrack, you kidding me? You kidding me with that thing? But uh, every other time, it's podcast whenever I can. But yeah, video editing, it's very challenging to listen to podcasts. But if it's like some mindless video stuff, then yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited whenever I can listen to a podcast and do something. But right. those activities are uh, ever dwindling. I feel like I'm finding more and more. It's like, it's just easier to focus when I'm not so overstimulated by having a podcast going. You know what I've really been liking while I'm working is yeah. music is of course great, but like walking ambience videos on YouTube. Interesting. You can search 4K walking ambience of any country on earth and any type of weather on earth. Yeah. You can just have that going and it's the perfect amount of like it's not distracting, but when I have a little bit of downtime or something, I can just glance over. Right. The sound is really, really soothing. Like I like ambience videos in general of just like rain sounds and stuff, but walking is is even better. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've tried like putting on like some extreme hikes in the background at some point too. Like, you know, let's look at some dangerous hikes with people with just a GoPro helmet, but that's not soothing. I worry that they're gonna fall off the mountain at any point. So it's not exactly the same. Right. Uh so I, I uh almost exclusively there's a there's a playlist on Spotify. It's a public playlist called Synthwave from Space. And it's all just kind of like a little bit dark synth music. Uh, and I love it. I've been listening to it for years. Like, there's just like 90 songs on it. And I just listen to it on loop while I'm writing or whatever, you know. Yeah. And that's that's what you need to be productive. That's perfect. Uh, Janet, just um, heavy breathing. What do you go for? Um, I'll listen to music whenever I can. Definitely video editing. I can't really do that. 
Um, usually I hit up my Discover Weekly. I also every year make a new playlist of songs that I come across that I like and I put them into that playlist. So I re- listen to that a lot, which kind of spoils the uh, the Spotify wrapped at the end of the year because mm. it's probably the songs in that playlist that I've been hearing since January. Um, but yeah, like I'll do podcasts sometimes again to Leo's point, like it can be too much information. Like I cannot do podcasts and write. No, um, I can do music and write, though, because I can kind of zone out the music into background. Um, but I'll even do like podcasts and or music, depending on um, like, if I'm gaming sometimes. Mm. Not like it's it's definitely like a little bit. Um, I do that less when it's like a game I'm reviewing because yeah. I might need like additional components and stuff. But sometimes, especially if I'm doing something grindy or like wrote in a video game, even if I'm reviewing it, I might have um just Spotify on, but it's pretty, oh, yeah. it's more of I'm doing side stuff because it can obviously impose on the narrative aspect. But like, I'm not going to lie. I did some side quests in God of War where I just played Midnight's a couple times. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to hang out in this realm for a couple hours and I just pause it when cutscenes happen. Right. So. And when they're talking. Yeah, totally. Uh, Ramsey Garcia writes in and says, better quest goal. Uh, better quest goal for me is to lose 30 pounds uh, to look bootylicious, bootylicious for my cousin's wedding. Hats off to you, Ramses. We're holding you to it, Ramses. Do it safely. Uh, Deuterado writes in and says, Greeting Min Max Executioners. Interesting. Um, what's oh, a scary. What's a risque TV show, movie, or game that you got caught playing by your parents? I once got caught watching the MTV show Room Raiders while one of the contestants raided an underwear drawer. That does sound very uncomfortable. So every episode of Room Raiders. <laughs> I think that's how it works, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the risque content where you got caught by your parents. This doesn't need to be extreme, but just stuff that's uncomfortable, you know? I never got caught. Really? <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. I was I was holding on to that uh, that remote hitting that pause menu on GTA all the time. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yep. I think they knew. You know, my mom would be like, okay, clearly you're just sitting on a pause screen. But I guess she didn't care enough to <laughs> be like, unpause that. Right. Let me see what's going down. Do what's what you normally you're doing? do. Yeah. Pretend I'm but not don't doing. look. I'm running over hookers. <laughs> no, this is my shame. And you get points for it. Oh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it getting caught, but I do remember my mom just like doing laundry or something in the background. And finally, for the first time ever, seeing me play Goldeneye for N64. Oh, sure. And just being like, you're just shooting people. <laughs> hundreds of men. <laughs> you're shooting people. Like it wasn't like a like you That's can't my play this. Review of Golden <laughs> it wasn't like I, I'm taking this away from you. You can't play this. It was just like flabbergasted of like, this is the game I bought you. Right. You're just walking around shooting people and like my rat and. She was right. Like, what am I supposed to say? Right. Like, yeah, that's what the game is. I thought it was about jewelry. I don't know what else the game was. J- Pierce Brosnan was on the box. I thought it was a James Bond thing. Wait, mom, I'm assuming they're bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would used to, you know, learn how to use the family DVR, mm. and it was kind of a balance of what I could record on there that my parents didn't know anything about. I DVR'd Attack of the Show. And I remember my dad coming in the only time he ever just like walked in and hung out and watched it with me. They were making some really stretched out masturbation joke. And it was extremely uncomfortable. Oh my god. I uh, I was on a flight recently and I was playing uh, Pokemon Violet and Scarlet. And I was like, I just want like some movie that I've seen before to be like on the headrest playing while I'm playing this other game, you know, just to pack in as much sensation as possible in my life. And so I was like, oh, Amelie. I love Amelie. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember visually it's like an incredible movie. So I just put it on the screen, and then I was playing this Pokemon, and then looking up everyone's song, I'd be like, 
I forgot how sexual that movie is. There's like just a, a pardon my French, literally, because it's not only just an orgasm montage. And like as I'm playing this game, it's like I felt so uncomfortable and looking around, it's like, okay, there's no kids around, but has plain content, have they stopped editing that? Because I feel like there's a lot of movies now where it's just game on and like you can be sitting right next to some random kid. It's brutally uncomfortable. Have they changed the editing policies? The, the, the onus is on you, you know? I need to know for sure that there's not a weird orgasm montage in any film mm-hmm. I'm seeing. Okay. Some stuff yeah. is edited, but I have no idea how they decide what. Yeah, they need to really give us a heads up. One time I fell asleep on a plane and I woke up and Magic Mike XXL was just <laughs> playing on my headrest. I don't know what happened. I forgot it was about weird. that. Look, Kyle, you don't got to make stuff up here. No, <laughs> you're among friends. That's good. I just I just woke up and was playing. It's peak comedy. Yeah, like we were on a trip to Japan. Was it Kyle? I think so. Yeah. yeah, and Kyle fell asleep, and so I just went and figured thought like, what would be the funniest movie for Kyle to wake up to? So I went Magic Mike XXL, and I got to watch him wake up and look at the screen. He's like, what? <laughs> like, why is this playing right now? It was lovely. It was weird. Uh, it was weird. Uh, Patrick Polk uh, says, hey, missed joke opportunity. Last episode, or really any episode, someone could have introduced themselves by saying, it's me, Mario, and done the entire episode in Chris Pratt's half-hearted Mario voice. It probably would have been one of those jokes that's slightly funny at first and then drags on a bit too long, but then loops around to being funny again, and I truly think you all missed this opportunity. Yeah. The Christian Shawl, it's a horse approach. That's exactly it. David Dubs says, hey, y'all, what console has the most satisfying power on button? God, I missed the 360s power button so much, David says. Oh, yeah. I was hearing this question. I was struggling to think of a single one. Because it's been so long, like GameCube or yeah, Xbox 360. GameCube, yeah, I like yeah, the vibration. They, they go out of their way to make them bad. No, yeah, I think that's it right. Yeah, it's always just it. Every like, PS4, PS5, yuck, yuck. Did down. that stab me? Really? Even I gotta say, PS3, not a fan. I mean, as much as I love the consoles, PS2 is probably the best. PS1, I'm nostalgic about, but like, it's a bad feeling button. It was like a rickety button, you know? Like, well, I thought it was more about the sound. Oh, is it like the the process of turning? Well, it was just say the most satisfying. You know, like maybe the N sixty four because you flipped the switch. Flip the mm. switch. I was. I mean, man, I I think you're right with GameCube, Janet. It has yeah. like a nice pop. It like I don't know. I always liked the GameCube. You feel it really I, whirring. Yeah. I hate the sort of capacitive touch buttons, like the PS uh three and the yeah. three and yeah. the Xbox oh. One. Animals turn those things off so easily, and toddlers. Yes. Like it's, it's terrible. Mm. Um, Ridiculous. I, I um I never owned one, and I understand I'm a fake ass gamer boy because of it, but gotta say super nintendo pretty good like the little slide up just a good clean thing click good clean click uh owen mccarter writes in and says so wait i'm sorry what was the answer then is it gamecube is that the okay and it also is like it's a parallel to the trigger on the controller it's like the same color and Mm. same feeling plastic yeah it's cohesive Uh, owen mccarter says hey min max i just wanted to let the world know that ben is a shooby in California, it's what we call someone who wears shoes on a beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shoes and pants are kind of my default beach attire, 100%. But yeah, I was just uh, filming on a beach for an unspecified video that'll be up on Monday, I guess. But I That's stranding too. That's right. I did like the Instagram video, and thank you for calling me out on that. But it, I was going to get on a plane. Like, I don't want sandy feet and then like trying to get the sand off your feet before you get on a plane. It, it'd be Doesn't a mess. just get in your shoes? Well, then that also feels gross. I don't. No, but I mean, when you're wearing shoes. Um, no, I you wasn't. You didn't get any sand in your shoes? Zero. 
airtight shoes I had. I had plastic bags over well them, but yeah, it worked out okay. <laughs> Have you heard that You're... word shooby, Jana? No, I've never heard that. Okay. But I'm not a California native, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, Catherine Gilbert writes in, says, Hey everyone, I've been addicted to Marvel Snap, and it's one of my first online experiences with internet people. I'm not a multiplayer kind of person. And one third of the battles I end up winning because the people quit before they lose the game. What's up with that? I thought in 2022 we had an etiquette that it was a super bad thing to do. Are people still that much of a sore loser over a silly game? Help me understand. Marvel Snap specifically, you're like supposed to quit if you think you're not going to win because you lose more if you finish it and then lose. So it's motivating people to just drop out constantly? It's a well, it's a betting mechanic. It's right. like I think I'm going to win, so I'm doubling the stakes of this, and then the other person thinks they're going to win, so they double the stakes of it, and then you're on the second to last turn. You're like, oh, they are going to win, and so you back out, having not yet committed quadruple stakes. Oh. Right, huh? Which I think is a cool mechanic. Okay, so Catherine should just realize that's not all multiplayer gaming. It's just Marvel Snap. No, it probably is all multiplayer too. Hmm. I, I quit Rumbleverse pretty often, and honestly, it's because it's so easy. You press start, and then you press X. Yeah, and then you're out. You know, you don't have to take your hands off the controller. It's and you're in the middle of getting a super attack. So it's like a 10 second attack. You're like, I'll just start queuing for the next match. I don't need to. Congrats to punished? that person. Are you punished for leaving or? I think you might not get the rewards okay. of finishing a match, which aren't that much. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I was really <laughs> I was really in love with myself. Uh, the last episode of Trivia Tower with Easy Allies. We had a charades round and I made Isla Hink act out multiverses which i thought was a very good charades prop because oh, wow. she's like i don't even remember <laughs> what is in this game God, uh, that's interesting that's, there's a lot of that direction there's a lot there it's a sure. messy yeah. one for charades uh muffin crumbs writes in and says hey everybody i got a game for you in honor of surreal's recent appearance on the deepest dive for god of War ragnarok let's do back of the box trivia serial edition i'm going to list things that i read on the back of cereal boxes and you need to guess what cereal it's for <laughs> All right. So uh, buzz in with your name when you think you can guess what cereal this is. Chocolatey beyond your wildest dreams. Kyle? Kyle. Cocoa Puffs? Correct. Sunny is cuckoo for them. Uh, Blank's Triple Rainbow Ride has found three magical... Come on, team. Kyle? Kyle. <laughs> Lucky Charms? Correct. It could have also been tricks until the magic part. That's right. Um... Amazing taste starts here. I'm guessing it's a maze in the back of the style. Janet. A Cheerios? Could you be more specific? Honey Nut Cheerios. Correct! Thank God. Uh, I was going to say Corn Pops. There's no love for the original Cheerios. I like those. I don't like the honey ones. You know, much. there's, um, we got some new Cheerios up in this house recently. It's like a cinnamon oat Cheerios or something. Really damn good. Just delightful. Cinnamon oat. I mean, what, what do you think is the ratio for Honey Nut versus base Cheerio sales? I think Honey Nut's killing it. You think I mean, so? Base Cheerios. It's not, just for like babies. babies. Love but I love, I yeah. love Base Cheerios. Yeah, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Like top 10 cereals? Honey, basic Cheerios? Uh, Probably. It's it's the most What's utilitarian that? cereal I eat. But well, you need to put other crap on it. Healthy. Okay. All right. Uh, over like a Crispix? Something good and American? <laughs> I mean, is Cheerios not American? One. I don't know. No, I think they're all American. It's General Mills, right? Like, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's Minnesota. Minnesota brand. Uh, so remember that? Uh, okay. Try this treat. Fruity. Janet. Janet. <laughs> Tricks. Incorrect. What? Fruity Snoutosaurus trunks. Oh. There okay. are so many easy ways yeah. to yabba dabba do pebbles. Uh-huh. You can't say that. What? 
Uh, Leo. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fruity Pebbles. Fruity right? Pebbles. There we go. Normally we, el- we would eliminate other <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fruity Pebbles in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, this person didn't do much censoring. Um, everything is more fun in full color. Classic blank is bursting with so much Janet? fruity color. Janet. Fruit Loops? Incorrect. This is BS. Kyle? The, Kyle. I retire from this game. Tricks? Tricks! There we go. Uh, how do you love your blank? Blank pizza? One at a time? Or peanut butter toast? <laughs> shake? Kyle? Shake topper? Kyle? Cinnamon toast crunch? No, but I like that as a guess. Shake the topper. The first suggestion was pizza. <laughs> and <laughs> that it, threw me off, I gotta admit. They're being a little jokey. Like, you wouldn't put this on pizza unless you're a nasty, nasty freak. <laughs> Is that on the back of the box? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we condemn your taste. Oh my god. Um, peanut butter toast would make sense. I think that'd be good. Shake topper. Oh, you're done reading? You yeah, there's nothing left. It's just, apparently this okay. is all that's on the back of the box. Uh, Leo. Leo. Reese's Puffs. Leo Vander, ladies hey. and gentlemen, Reese's from downtown. They have the best song, I think. Excellent, excellent work. Uh, all right, what do y'all like for question of the week? God, I like that cereal one, but it's, it's always it's, it's, right. it's like you always kind of lean towards the quizzes and well, stuff. Well, you know, we you haven't know. done it that much lately. I like the yeah. um, uh, you know, renaming the default name of the game for the year one. I know it's a tough one to explain. The one about calling God of War. No, God of War refers to 2018 instead of 2005 now. Oh, okay. Um, Um, I like the Risque content. Who doesn't? Make mine Risque. What do y'all think? I like the year one, but I do wish we came to a consensus and had an action item to move forward with. Okay, so what are you going with then, Hotshot? Uh... I think old one gets the year. Okay. We're living in the age of oh. where God of War is Norse and right. where Hitman is a living trilogy of games. That's right. Okay. And I disagree. Okay. Damn it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're back to where Square we started. <laughs> okay. Kyle, Janet, pick one. For the love of God, pick one. Uh, for the, what we're doing? We're keeping it the same. It's got to wear 2018. No, 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 no. For the question oh, of the week. Question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, one. Kyle should pick it. Let's oh. do that one. The, the, yeah. the game. All right. One. There we go. Congratulations, Fred DeNovo. You just want a copy of Spinch. Thanks to I'm 8-Bit. Uh, now, of course, it's time for something that we call Get a Little of This. Been a long time since I rock and rolled. Uh, all right. Can I skip this week? Because I forgot to get one in. Well, you, yeah. yeah you, that's fine. If you think of something, that's fine. Uh, hey, get a load of this. There's a link to it, but... um. I saw, um, what, oh, I forget his name, on Twitter, he posted this, and I had to have Kelsey Lewin weigh in to tell me that it's worth, like, tens of thousands of dollars, apparently, but I'd never seen it, but it's a, a Dreamcast CX-1, where it's a Dreamcast from the year 2000 that's built into a TV. It's a surreal amalgamation of a Dreamcast and a 14-inch CRT made in 2000 as a collaboration between Sega, CSK, and Fuji Television. Ahead of its time, it was the all-in-one media-slash-internet device with a web browser, webcam, and MIDI ports. But there's a link below if you want to see this thing. It is just good, funky 2000 tech. MIDI uh, port. Yeah, yeah, it seems cool. So, link below. Uh, Kyle, you got one? Uh, yeah, I get a little of this. Uh, this is... I- 
I guess these are all always pretty random, but someone tweeted at uh, James Gunn, uh, Mr. DC Universe himself, asking, uh, what cover song is so famous most people don't know it's a cover? And then he shared this big list of songs that I had no idea were covers. Um, Natalie Imbruglia's Torn, Amy Winehouse's Valerie, Aretha Franklin's Respect, yeah. Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Really? Um, the big Lou Bega Mambo Number no. Five. No. Yeah, and I was like, "What?" Uh, like it was. I was so surprised by that list. It just. I was like, I had no idea. Yeah. What a weird thing. Twist and Shout is one that was recent in my life. I'm like, what? Twist and Shout's a cover? I had no idea from the Beatles. That one. That one I knew, but yeah, it's it's weird to learn those those details. Love it. Leo, you got one, man. Get a load of this. Okay. It's not the a really good one, and it's but it's gonna be the last time I talk about it. But the, I did a Fuser stream on Tuesday for New Show Plus. Ooh. Fuser Funeral. Uh, it's been really heartwarming to see the comments and the tweet replies of people who bought it because of that stream. Yeah. And they're like, I can't believe I didn't hear about this earlier. So check out that stream. See if you want to get Fuser before you can't buy it anymore in like 10 days. Yeah. I think it's an incredible game. It's Harmonix's DJ game. Yeah. And they're delisting it and turning off the online, uh, the whole online server infrastructure and all that stuff. And uh yeah it's very fun like a, a surprising number of people in the discord are like i gotta get it and i gotta get all the dlc i guess <laughs> like i'm sold on this thing now so i'm sure harmonics yeah. is like where were you jerks when it launched but we were but out there you know we the were streaming date since we're talking about it and people might feel that way 19th i think they said okay of this month december 19th yeah sad sad day uh, hey, from the community, get a lot of this, everybody, from the Discord. Um, let's see, the that flow state shared this tweet from friend of the show, Shannon Lau, uh, Shannon Lau from Washington Post, uh, where she had an article about the development of Diablo 4. Uh, the tweet just says, making Diablo 4 has not been easy. For three months, I've been speaking to developers who described a process uh, marred by overwork, stress, and disturbing revisions to the game's script as they face down the impending June 6th, 2023 release date. So still some rough times there at Blizzard, and there's some details in that article that are like, Jesus Christ. So uh, good work to Shannon over there at Washington Post. Check it out. There's a link below. Uh, all right. Hey, everybody. That's it for this episode of the MinMax Show. Thanks so much for watching or listening. Appreciate y'all being here. If you've enjoyed this show, again, you can leave a review on your favorite podcast app, and you're automatically in the running for a randomized code for the excellent Marion Rabbit Sparks of Hope from Ubisoft. Uh, also, Party Chat, our bonus podcast each and every week. On this latest episode, uh, we talk Andor. Uh, Ross, the Star Wars guy, fun, joins. We talk uh, break down the new Indiana Jones trailer. Uh, yeah, Jacob Geller's on it as well. He talks about all those things in Andor and then Callisto Protocol. Uh, we talk Perfect Dark, of course. We talk about Survivor. I'm not going to bother the audience on this main show by regaling you with my picks for the new season of Survivor. That's all on Party Chat, so you can unlock that podcast in your favorite podcast app. It's a very easy thing. It's a bonus podcast each and every week, and there's a ton other bonus content in that feed as well, so we appreciate everybody for unlocking all that good stuff. Uh, let's see. Got a couple of funky videos coming up on Monday with a preview embargo lifting, a, a bizarre travelogue I'm curious to hear some feedback about. Um, oh, Jake Z in the chat says, Surprise, no talk about the FTC blocking Microsoft Activision deal. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's happening. Now Microsoft's going to be battling the government to see if they can purchase Activision, which, yes, is yeah. surreal and bizarre. I, I, it's not a finish line, I think, is the, the right. problem. The, the yeah. not, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything huge yet. You right, know, right. So. Uh, it's uh, definitely the biggest news story of the year, which we'll be talking about uh, next week, because next week's episode of the MinMax Show is we're kicking off the big award season. So next week 
is the MinMax Awards. Are the MinMax Awards, where we have our categories of best thing, dumbest thing, biggest news, best character, best moment, all that fun stuff. That is all going to be happening with the full crew uh, next week, everybody. And then just a heads up that we are going to be recording the two-parter for the two tens arguing about the full game of the year rundown. Uh, we're going to be making that list and ordering it and making it sure that it's absolutely perfect. So those full debates, last discussions, that's going to be happening on December 22nd and December 29th. That's when those episodes are going live. And just a heads up, we're going to be recording those early and you can watch those live if you're at the backstage past year, the $10 tier on Patreon. So the plan is going to be, we're going to be recording them on the 16th and 19th and and nobody can spoil our list, so please don't spoil it if you're at that backstage past here. But if you want the earliest of early access into our debates for Game of the Year, you can watch us record that live and scream at us in the comments by joining us at the backstage past here. We appreciate it. Should be a maybe you'll very fun alter time. the outcome by reminding us of some element we forgot about. It's always possible. Yeah. All right, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, thanks, everybody, at our Game Champion tier. People who jumped into that $50 tier and chose any game under the sun to be declared the champion of. We're talking about classics like Luck Be a Landlord from Trampoline Tales, which is a game that they developed, but we don't make the rules around here, so game on. So Trampoline Tales, officially the champion of Luck Be a Landlord. Uh, Fred DeNovo announces that Rich McLaughlin is the champion of the game is how that official one's wording. I think it was like a part of a bet about some sports game or something. So there we go. Uh, or the game where if you say uh, you just lost the game, then the other person loses it because they thought about it. That, that could game? be it. Yep, I think it might be it. Nick Philo is the champion of Viva Pinata. Rabid Lime is the champion of Duck Game. Great choice. Clemens Zobel, the champion of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone on the Game Boy Color, mind you. Steve V, the champion of Jack 2. They are not letting that one go. Justice League, the champion of Flint Hook. Congratulations. Great pick, everybody. We have more to go. So pick a game, become the champion, help support independent games media at the same time. But hey, I think that's it for this episode of the MinMax Show podcast. Anybody else dying to say something? Great. Then nope. please forever hold your peace. We will have a lot to say next week for the kickoff of big award season here at MinMax. So hope you all enjoy this. It, it's going to be a really fun time. I'm very excited. And yes, yeah, so we're going to have um, Anna can't make it, uh, but we're going to have Kelsey and Jacob join um, hopefully Kelsey for the awards, but certainly for the two tens there. So it should be a fun, fun crew. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. We appreciate you being here. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Let's go.